0: Lauren and RJ, The Frangie Show starts now on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
1: Hey, welcome and glad you're along for the ride. We are at a ballpark, and man, it's been a long time. We haven't been at a ballpark for this show since, well, Friday. Yeah, 72 hours. 72 (laughs) hours. Yesterday we were not. We're in studio. We love our studio, but we love to be out on a gorgeous day here on the First Coast. Two great games in town today, by the way. Florida State is playing at JU today. So if you want to see those Knolls and those Dolphins, get over there to a, uh, to Session Stadium. That's going to be a fun one. And right here at Harmon Stadium on the campus of the University of North Florida, it is the Florida Gators ranked second, even though they lost the only game they've played so far. Ranked second against these UNF Ospreys. The first uh, home series uh, continues for Joe Mercadante. The uh, terrific, brand-new UNF baseball coach, Joe, will join us, in fact, in about 20 minutes here on the uh, program. So we are really glad to have you with us on this Tuesday installment of the program. Our Tuesday is always brought to you by my friends at the Nimnik Family of Dealerships. That means Nimnik Chevrolet. It means Nimnik Buick GMC. You want a terrific, terrific car. Uh, trust the people the best, in, uh, the best around trust the people from the Nimnick family of dealerships all kind of stuff to get to today well a lot of hardball talk today and we'll talk all kind of college baseball today we'll talk about these gators we'll talk about these ospreys and again we'll talk about ju and fsu who are also playing this weekend love college baseball do kind of wish they were a day apart so we could have been at both of them i'll be honest i wish they didn't play it out that way but but uh unf and ju by the or unf in florida by the way this is a two-game set they play here today and then they both head to Gainesville, and they play in Gainesville tomorrow. Uh, Florida's not here yet. See the FSU team out here. Florida's bustle will pull up any minute, I would imagine. So uh, Florida and, and UNF here today. We're glad to be out here coming out and watch the baseball, which is really a cool thing. Baseball's in the news, but college football's in the news. The decision finally made about a playoff is our lead story. Um, Hayes, it's not a surprise. We all knew where it was headed, but it sure was good to feel it get there, wasn't it? It is. And, you know, it's really interesting, too, in terms
2: of how quickly I think this story is going to continue to spiral. Right. Uh, So today, the big news is five uh, automatic conference champions are in and then seven will be determined at large by the committee. Uh, So, I mean, that's kind of what we expected with the uh, Pac-12 disintegrating. Right. Uh, So, you know, that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, But what was really interesting is the reporting about the sec and the big 10 they're already looking for more they're they're going to push for a greater revenue share they're possibly going to push for uh, a guaranteed extra at large selection uh to get in so again i think the sec and big 10 have figured this thing out and i think again forming the committee to look at nil is the start of it uh but this thing is headed towards the sec big 10 doing their own thing and uh and, and and really shrinking the pool of teams that are competing for what I think many are going to believe is the national champion. So it's great. I mean, I'm really excited about the playoff, but it makes me wonder, are we like 10 years away from being back to where we were in like the 1980s where you might have three different teams saying we're the national champion because maybe you had somebody win the AP and somebody win the UPI and somebody was number one for the coaches and uh, you know, it it's, it seems like we could be headed to that, but uh, but I can't wait. I think this is the right way to do it. For you know, certainly for now, five uh, automatics and seven uh, at
1: larges.
3: Hayes mentioned the Pac-12. I saw yesterday that the Pac-12 has a new commissioner. How do you convince someone to take that? Two, job? they got two teams. Yeah. Uh,
1: I will be interested to see what happens with the Pac-12. What with the two remaining teams, and they're gonna—I assume they're—are they adding some of those Mountain West teams? I don't think so. There's not been an announcement, so there's not really a league now. There's just two teams. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know either. It'll be interesting to see what they do or don't do uh, there. Um, look, and the, the minor tweak was it was going to be six and six—the six, six highest-ranked uh, conference champions—and um, then the six highest-ranked teams that weren't conference champions. And that, that's your 12. And the, the, the obvious tweak: what this does is a few things. Number one. It 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 assures there's now four power four there's now four power four conferences it assures they're all getting in and it does have a spot open for a group of five and so so I, I don't know who's left in the group I keep always wanting to say Houston UCF well they're not in group of five anymore they're now in a, a power four. But whoever comes out of that two lane, two lane. Right. The the two lanes of the world now have a chance uh, to get entry into the tournament. That's right. And so and Notre
3: Dame is one of the seven
1: and and Notre Dame will count as one of the seven. Yeah. They're, they're not in a conference. Right. So so Notre Dame, they'll, they'll, they can only be an outlaw. Right. And they'll, and they'll, which means they can never be a top five seed. The top five or the top four, the top five seeds. Right aren't the top five I think the top five seeds are those conference champions if I'm not mistaken
2: that's what they were talking I about think that's it, where it landed. originally I think it
1: landed there i think i I
2: remember being surprised that Notre Dame would accept a, yeah. a deal where you're never where a top what four if you're seed. the number one team in the country you're, you're the five or six and seed. you're going to be the sixty yeah i yeah. mean that is but that's what but they but agreed to, and
1: I think that's where it landed, and I think yeah you know, th- that was one time that Notre Dame, with all the clout they have, didn't have that much clout. Mm-hmm. And, that, and I think that's one of the reasons it landed there. So I think that. so um, here's the – and we'll get into this a little bit later on. I really want to expound on it because I think it's a very interesting storyline. But here's the bottom line to me is is this is step one, not just a precursor to the Big Ten and SEC doing their own thing, which might happen, and certainly the fact that that uh, Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti have gotten together. The Big Ten and SEC commissioners, respectively, and they're, talk- and they're talking about doing their own thing. I get that, but this is step one. It's not stopping at twelve. That's the bottom line. I'll bet you we are at sixteen. Five years. Agree or disagree? Agree. I bet we'll be. I'll bet we're at six, somehow. The somewhere. money's just too big. Too big. I, I. I'll bet we're at sixteen within five years.
3: I'll say we're at whatever Greg Sankey wants. Well, <laughs> whether You're that's, right. that's right. 16, whether that's yeah, 20, that's right. whatever Greg Sankey and I Tony Patiti want, that's where it'll land.
1: I agree with that. But I, but I'll I'll be, well, they're going to want 16 cuz more of their teams get in. Absolutely. With 12 teams, with 12 teams in, you I would say there will almost never be one without three SEC teams. You agree with that? Absolutely. Almost never. There will all there will almost never be a tournament. And I'd say most years they'll have four. And I would say there will be a lot of years four. I don't think there will be five very often nah. because the committee will resist that. The committee that would feel five yeah. of the
2: seven that yeah. would be yeah. piggish. Yeah.
1: That would that would be or or four of the six once you get your automatic in right. So yeah. so I don't I don't I I doubt that I doubt they'll do that. I, I doubt you'll see that. But I but I do believe that uh, it'll be three or four most years. And I don't think the Big Ten's got that. I think the Big Ten will have two every year and possibly three. I just don't know that there's programs in the Big Ten that I'm confident will always be in the mix. I can't imagine there will be many years with Georgia, as it's currently constructed, and Alabama not in. I can't imagine.
2: Well, and again, yeah. then you have a pool of Texas, LSU, LSU and Texas and, and Oklahoma right. and Tennessee and yeah, Florida. That, yeah, and, I that, mean, that's right. And, the, and don't kid yourself. Schools that spend a lot of money on football.
1: Yeah. And, and you can say, Frank, at some point USC is coming back in Penn State. I agree with that. I, I think USC is coming back. I think Penn State will always be in the mix. But guess what? Florida's coming back, too, at some point. Auburn's coming back, too, well, at some point. We don't it, think for a minute that they're not. And we don't Whether know it's Michigan this coach or the next Michigan will be. That's
2: I right. mean, Michigan just lost one of the greatest coaches walking the planet. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. So who's to say that Michigan's going to, you know, still be a yeah. double-digit win team every year? I mean, right, they may be had for yeah. a decade of eight and fours. Yeah. And
3: teams always flare up. Like, we had TCU the one year, Iowa this year – despite the offense not being good. Defense was really good. I think they would have been close to the 12-team playoff. Michigan State, briefly for a while, uh, was really good. Like you mentioned, Penn State, they could all be in it year to year.
1: So other things we'll get to today on the program. I'm going to get to Calvin. I'm going to talk, spend some time on Calvin Ridley today. I know the Josh Allen thing's a fun talker. Are you, Hayes, you were talking with the with the gang at, uh, at the handoff today. I know the Josh Allen thing's a talker. It's not for me because I know he's going to be on the team. We can talk about how it's structured. Hey, to your point, it would feel better if it was done easier or sooner. I, I get that. I don't disagree with that, but it's not a talker for me because 41's lining up and rushing the passer on September 10th. There's no doubt in my mind about that. But I'm not sure doubles. I'm not sure number zeros here, and I think that that is a that is of significance for me because I'm really curious where they go with that one. You know, I mean, you can say the same thing about Cam Robinson. You can say the same thing about some others. But I'm really curious because I don't know if he's on the team, and I hope he, he is. is. You know, I, I I hope Calvin Ridley's on the team, but I can't sit here and tell you. Is it your gut that he's on it?
2: My gut is that he is not. Okay. I, I think I think the way they're going to play it is ultimately
1: going to backfire. Okay. But him. you think you think you I think, think they want him to be? Right, but do you think come training camp he's not on the team? Yes. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think he gets a three-year, sixty million dollar deal, and the Jags we're not going to so, do that. See,
1: my I think he come training camp he is on the team. But boy, it's a tepid opinion. You know what I mean? I mean, it it is. I am not. I am not convicted there, and and I hope he is. And, and I'll, I'll explain kind of. We'll get into that a little bit today. It I think if they talk.
2: sign Josh Allen long term right. and don't have to apply Absolutely. the tag, yeah. Calvin will be here. Well, right. Right. Well, well, well. Then you know he will because yeah. then they've got the tag to use. Correct. That's right. But, so. but assuming they tag Josh Allen, then no, I think it's yeah. gonna. I just. Yeah. I just. I just think there's gonna be a team that just blows him away yeah. with an offer, and it's yeah. not gonna be this one. And if he's
1: out there. That could certainly happen. So, 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 so we'll talk about the, the importance of Calvin Ridley. I want to get into Calvin a little bit today on the program. Talk a college basketball too. Uh, Florida plays Alabama tomorrow night. Alabama's really good. Can Alabama win a basketball title? I mean, would that be allowed? Is that is there? A, have you looked at all the the bylines? The NC because is it allowed for Alabama to win a basketball title? It's a great question because I yeah. looked at Article Thirty Eight Dash Seven. That's the one Point I would. That, that's yeah. one
2: I would. I would look at. And uh, it, in fact, they can. I mean, which <laughs> I was. Shocked it's written by. in there, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. So uh, it would be. Uh, it would be amazing. And look, I, I'm curious about Alabama. They have the nation's best offense. Uh. So obviously, you, you feel like that's going to travel in the tournament. Uh, but they're tiny. You know, they play with that four guard lineup. That is dangerous. Uh, we'll see if Florida Absolutely. can give them problems. Yeah, Florida's us. big. And four guard teams, I mean, Alabama is elite and they're electric on offense and they have a better defense efficiency rating than the Gators do. But and so I'm not saying Florida's going to be the team, but will there be a team sure. that Alabama runs into in the tournament? The the size is just too much, yeah. and because uh, it's that's the danger when you play right. that tiny. And looking at their starting lineup, they have one guy that basically has any size
1: at all in the starting lineup. And we'll certainly talk about tomorrow the matchup in the game because we'll preview the game. But just I mean, somebody had to ask somewhere along the line in the late '90s and 2000s. Certainly, Florida can't win a national basketball title. Right? I mean, Florida can't. Florida. I mean, there's. Yeah. Other, I mean, there's teams that can win it. Florida can't win it. Right. Well, they won it. Yeah. And then, you know what they did to piss everybody off? They won it again. Yeah. You know, so I so I just, saw – I want to get into how awkward, is there an awkwardness to basket football you winning? So we'll get to that Can a little
3: Kentucky bit. Can Kentucky win a football national team? Well, same show?
1: question. But but I don't think we have they to that. They cannot. Okay. <laughs> but but <laughs> I, I don't think we're ever going to be put in a position where we're asking yeah. that question. Okay. I don't think we're now, we've, we've now got to ask the question about. About, about Tennessee and about, about – I mean, so we have to ask that question now. I don't, think we're, I don't think yeah. we're going to have to ask that question about Alabama for a while. So, so we'll talk a lot about that coming up. Uh, Raphael Devers made some really interesting comments. Did you see these? I did the not. Okay, so um, he's ticked. His position is the Boston Red Sox should never lay down. The Boston That's Red Sox right. did nothing in the offseason. And, and so do you have more of a responsibility if you're a blue blood and have dough and so we'll get to that coming up on the program as well. I, that's still one of the most mystifying things to me. It really Florida. is. I, I am with you, I, and that's why I'm going to make it a topic today because it, it's mystifying to the Red Sox fans and players. And, and so so we'll get to that. So we've got a lot of stuff today we want to get to. Let's take a break. When we come back, though, Joe Mercadante stops by. He is the head baseball coach in his first year here at the University of North Florida. We'll talk a little college hardball. We're live at UNF on a Nick Tuesday. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends in the car business since 1941.
1: Welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us live from the uh, UNF campus, Harmon Stadium. Frank Frangie, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, and a pleasure to welcome in. Joe Mercadante here, the uh, head baseball coach. First home series continues. How are
4: you? I'm doing well. Got some wonderful weather today. A heck of a lot better than we had this weekend. So I'm excited to get some baseball in.
1: I'll bet you. Hey, what what was um what was it like last week when it was you all of a sudden you come out here, your uniform's on. You're a head coach. You've been around so much at uh, around Florida, but then obviously the, the last handful of years with, with, with Coach Bell at Pitt. What was it like? What would what you feel like when you walked down the field day one?
4: Certainly felt a little different. Um, kind of the same nervous energy, butterflies you get on an opening day just because you're ready to see how, you, how you've prepared your team, but even more so now because kind of the head coach. Um, and I was telling somebody the other day, it's, you know, going into a season you always kind of I'm an offensive guy by nature so always kind of focused on the hitters and then as you start game planning and preparing and thinking about moves during the game you start realizing that there's a lot more to the piece in the puzzle when you're thinking out moves through the game and uh, certainly have to have on a pulse of of everything when you're going. So, um, but it was just a real experience. It was one of those that I took some time. I got a couple, you know, phone calls from some guys I really respect that said, take a minute, take it all in and enjoy this opening day because it's something you're going to want to remember. And and certainly took their vice and really just tried to sit back and enjoy it. What do you like about your team? The fight, the the toughness of them—they're just a bunch of scrappers, you know. I think they they've kind of embraced the fact that um, you know they don't have a all star name to hide behind, and I think that they realize that everybody's going to have a part in our success. And you're starting to see them kind of develop that toughness and that mindset of um, you know just going out there and, and trying to execute and be as consistent as possible. And that's certainly something we're going to get challenged with the next two days playing you know one of the most talented teams of college baseball. So I'm excited to see how they do.
3: Do you like having a, a top-five team come in here this early in the season and then obviously you'll go there tomorrow?
4: Yeah, I think so. I, th- I think – and I just spoke to the guys about it a few minutes ago. It's just it's just another opportunity, though. You know, I think for us to play the game we need to. It's, it's – you never want to put too much into one game. You know, you want to continue to challenge yourself against – executing the game of baseball and whether it's florida in the dugout or ju or you know north alabama you still want to go out there and focus on playing the game at a winning baseball level um and playing our brand of baseball and that's a challenge we're going to have because uh you know obviously gonna have a good team in the other dugout how hard is the challenge joe and uh, you just got to this job but you've done
1: this a long time the world's changed with the portal and the, and the world's changed i mean alex mm-hmm. lodis comes here and plays great next thing you know he's in tallahassee and everyone's got everyone's got those stories how hard is it now to, to develop any rhythm or, or consistency with the team?
4: It, it's certainly one of those things that uh, roster management is always on your mind. Even yeah. when you feel like, oh, I've got a guy for two or three years, you're not 100% sure about that. So you've got to always have contingency plans in place, continue to think about the, the needs that may open up that are present now, and, and what are you going to do if something else opens up that you're not prepared for. So it kind of heightens the senses in terms of making sure you, you have those pieces filled and plugged in and we certainly had some holes to fill when we got here, but we feel good about some of the players we added. How fluid are lineups,
2: rotations at this point? Do you like to kind of get a, a feel for it, or do you like to get it kind
4: of set as early as you can? You know, I, and, and listen, it's first time around. I don't know if I'm doing it right, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, but I, I've, I've worked for some coaches that, You know, went and left the preseason and said, all right, these are our guys. We're going to give them 10 or 12 games to develop some consistency. And, you know, also been at some places that, you know, kind of shuffle a little bit to start the season. I I know this. I've been doing this long enough that the lineup we roll out here tonight or what we did this past weekend is not going to be what it is at the end of the year. There's going to be tons of opportunities with, you know, guys getting hurt, guys needed to get a, a breather and get out of the game for a couple couple days, Uh, but we certainly have a nucleus of about five or six guys that we're going to keep in there every day. We feel like they've earned it and let the other guys continue to compete for those spots.
3: People familiar with UNF baseball certainly know the name Cherokee Nichols. Who are some other guys that they should be aware
4: of? Yeah, you know, Cherokee had a great week in the start off. Jacob Runnels um, has started off extremely well. You know, Cherokee and and Jacob hitting 3-4 and 2-3 in the lineup, just depending upon where we place them. Those are two guys that that have the ability to leave the ballpark. Um, You know, Kate Reich has had a nice start for us. He's going to be down for a couple of days just resting up. But um, you know, Kate Bush had a really good weekend, squared the ball up a lot. FSU transfer, playing first base, has the ability to hit the ball at the ballpark. Um, and he's had a nice nice start as well. So, you know, you feel good about those guys sitting in the top four spots in your order, but everybody's going to play a part, that's for sure.
1: Cherokee's important to because he's a great walk-off guy. You and I have had that talk. Mm-hmm. He never misses the clinic. He was out there with a knee brace and couldn't walk, and he was out there. Uh, Matthew Clements, by the way, uh, played with his dad which means his dad had Matthew very late in life. Let me
4: point that out again. <laughs> I kid, Mike, about that all the time. But it's a good little nucleus, isn't it? I mean, I, it's, it a, it's a good nucleus. You've got, you know, five returners and four newcomers that are playing and did this weekend as well. So you've got a good feel, of some blend from some, some old, some new. Yeah. Um, but I've been really happy with how this team's kind of come together and, and started to kind of blend together. And you've got guys from different backgrounds and different levels, and um, they've kind of rallied around the common theme of, like, yeah. learning how to play, winning baseball, and, and compete and push each other each day, which is pretty cool.
2: The high school baseball in Jacksonville has always been awesome, but it seems like it maybe is even at its peak now. How exciting is it to have the opportunity to recruit? this area and and bring hometown kids here.
4: No, you're absolutely right. I wish everybody didn't know how good the baseball was here, though. You know, know, this day and age with social media, everybody's coming into our backyard, which which makes it more more difficult. But, um, you know, you obviously want to continue to recruit the best players in your backyard. Um, One of the good things is that I've got a really strong uh, coaching staff with ties throughout the whole state of Florida, and I think this is a campus and a school that is very, you know, intriguing to a lot of guys in the state of Florida, north, south, east, west, that uh, we have a lot to sell here, and I'm um, excited to see what we're going to do.
3: Speaking of sales, I heard there are only a couple hundred tickets left, so certainly it's going to be a great environment. It's going to be
4: awesome for our guys to see this place packed like it should, and, and listen, they deserve that experience. They deserve that environment. They worked hard. It's a good group of guys, and they're going get to get to play in front of a good home crowd tonight. Joe, let
1: me ask you this. Joe Mercadante with us, UNF baseball coach. When you've f- fully assembled your staff, there were people in the baseball, co- I'm pretty involved in the baseball Ooh. community, there are people in the baseball community that went, wow, that's a hell of a staff. I mean, they did that had to be a big deal to you. I mean, I mean, I mean, baseball people were wowed by the staff you finished were putting together.
4: I, I'm extremely lucky and feel extremely blessed that these guys wanted to come join the challenge that that, that we're taking on as a, as a group. And, you know. I, what I learned early on, just always kind of keeping a short list with you. Yeah, as a, as a yeah. coach, you always want that goal to be a head coach. And when I got that call from Nick Morrow, it was like, all right, let's open it up and see who's coming with me. And, and to get guys that were as high on my list as they were and were as highly you know, regarded and, and just shared the same common things. I think that's the most important piece is making sure we're all in line, all in step with what we're trying to do with this program. And I uh, feel extremely honored and blessed that these guys are with me and excited to get to work with them every day.
1: Joe, what do you think your, your – Is it too early to know what you think your weekend rotation will be? I mean, Peter Holden, a left-hander who was a Friday night guy last year, Mm Brett Dennis is a guy I saw at Providence last year who's really good. Mm-hmm. Is it too early to know how you're going to
4: do that? I know Peter Holden's going to be our Friday night guy. Okay. That's right, about right, where, I, right. where I stop the He's train good, right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Will Ross did a nice job for us opening weekend. Tony Rocha is was our slated starter last Sunday, you know, going to get a couple innings tonight just because he didn't get the opportunity okay. last weekend. But, you know, I think, you know, Peter obviously Friday. And then you got got a group of about four or five guys and a couple guys that are starting to work their innings, their workload up a little bit more that you think may be able to get into that rotation. Um, towards the back half of the year. But, you know, th- the important piece is having that Friday night guy. You feel like you can get off on a good start. And um, there's enough pieces, you know, some of the arms to look for. You know, uh, obviously you alluded to Brett Dennis uh, has done a really nice job. Zane Starling is probably going to be more of a backing guy, but has really done a nice job as a freshman early on. Um, you know, Will Ross had a nice start. Bryce Fisher from JU Transfer has done a really nice job for us as well. So we've got some, you know, a collection of about four or five guys that we feel can fit those spots. And, and early on just trying to find some rhythm with them and see who who sticks a little bit better getting through the lineup two or three times and who we need to bring back on you know a little bit more often out of the bullpen.
2: How much of a scouting report do you give your guys on Florida?
4: You know, it's it's always a fine line, right? You never want to get the paralysis by analysis out there on the field, um, especially when you're playing, you know, a, a really good opponent. Because if you're going to play these guys and competing against these guys, you got to be relaxed, got to be loose. And um, but you certainly want to prepare them in terms of what their strengths are and their weaknesses are, and um, where they've had where other teams have had success against them in the past. And that, that's one of the things that's really evolved in college baseball the last, you know five eight years has been advanced scouting and data and video you can get a lot of work done and learn a lot about your opponent and we, we try to prepare them the best we can but ultimately we always go out there and tell them hey just be an athlete and go play the game
3: there's going to be a tribute tonight for a former head coach Tim Parenton are your guys extra emotional about that?
4: I'm sure. I'm sure there will be some emotions, and you know, half this roster was recruited or coached by Tim, um, and it's been it's been neat to see the half of the team that wasn't see how important he was to them and how much of an impact and, and how much he meant to those guys. So um, we are a family, you know, um, and those guys have been feeling for their brothers a little bit that, that were tight with TP, and I'm just excited to see Sheila and his family tonight and, and make sure they know how important he was and how special he is to the UNF family.
1: Tell a story people don't know. I'll tell this story. Uh, TP's probably closest friend in the business uh, was Pat McMahon, and I know how close you are to Pat.
4: I mm-hmm. mean, you played for Pat. You mm-hmm. were under Pat. So there's a real connection there, isn't there, Joe? There is. But Yeah, Pat's someone, honestly, I, I, I attribute my coaching career to the to me wanting to do what Pat did for me when I when I was a player for him. So um, he's still a mentor to me. Talk to him a co- once or twice a week just to check in. But, yeah, I was extremely close to Tim and, um, you know, got to know through know Tim through through Pat's experiences and relationship with him so uh, yeah so Pat's very close to me and, and I know how much Tim meant to him and his family what is your background just in terms of playing and, and coaching so grew up in Gainesville Florida um, played a couple years of junior college baseball then played at the University of Florida for two years uh, really cool experience growing up in, in hometown uh, got a chance to, to play a little bit and be a part of a couple really good groups with Pat McMahon as the head coach. Um, and got the bug for coaching kind of my senior year as I started grad school. I went and worked a couple of summer camps, enjoyed helping kids kind of find the light bulb and, and make an improvement and just kind of caught the bug and ran with it. So um, went and did a little college summer league coaching, led into a, a, a job at the University of Miami of all places, uh, kind of joining in the rival type thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but had, a, had tremendous experience, worked for Jim Morris, legendary Hall of Fame coach, spent seven years there and, uh, you know, had a chance to leave there, go to – to uh, UCF, and then Stetson, and then Pittsburgh the last two years, and now back in the Sunshine State. So I, I've, it's taken me a lot of places, and I wouldn't give up any of it. It's been all an experience and part of the education, for sure.
1: Funny part with Joe, he left this part out. So he, he, he coached at Miami, played at Florida, <coughs> coached at UCF at Stetson. He coached under Mike Bell, who's an FSU guy. So you got them all, right? <laughs> if, if, you, if you count <laughs> Mike as an FSU guy, then you hit them all, right? I've, I've hit them all. That's right. <laughs> That's right.
3: Just out of curiosity, you have a shortstop named Alex Rodriguez. What is his nickname? Hey Rob, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. had to know. Uh, yeah, that's that's what that's what he
4: goes by. You know, the funny part is, it the guys that we've coached are a little bit younger, so it doesn't quite strike okay. you know the, the awkwardness that it would for some older guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's it, it's too easy not to go with that nickname.
1: <laughs> Joe, final thing: uh, you're getting Liam Peterson tonight. Mm-hmm. Liam Peterson, for people who don't know, is Florida's big freshman, really good, mm-hmm. and he was going to pitch over the weekend. I
4: don't know how many I don't know how many I mean, he's on a pitch count obviously tonight. Yeah. I don't know how many, what are you gonna do? Who
1: who are you gonna start? How who who should we look for? You said Roka's gonna pitch. Yeah, Roka's
4: gonna get a couple we're kind of in the same boat. Get get Roka some innings, get him a little work. He'll start the he game. This weekend. Yeah, he'll he'll miss he'll he'll start the game for us and then we'll kinda go into the bullpen, just see where we match up in the game. Um but yeah, Peterson's gonna be a great challenge for our guys, you know, probably try to get him through the lineup one time if I had to guess, and then we'll we'll see what we get out of the bullpen. But no shortage of, of velocity coming at us today, so we're excited for the challenge. I will
1: tell you this. Um we don't, Roka, by the way, is a left-handed pitcher, Pontevedra, good pitcher. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see Roca Peterson on a Tuesday very often, you know. So I'm, I'm sorry you got rained out and everything. Okay, yeah. But I mean, for the fans coming out here tonight, yeah. I mean, that's what do you figure? They both throw a couple of innings. I mean, is that, would, you, would that would be your guess? That
4: would be my guess. Probably both get two or three in, and yeah. you know, more of a pitch count thing. I yeah. think with both of them. But yeah, you got two guys that can yeah. light up the radar guns a little bit. At least get a hefty speeding yeah. ticket. If yeah, yeah. <laughs> that way exactly. With right. It, right, <laughs> you know, but that, that's two. I, I know them both. That's that's
5: yeah. two
1: good pitchers. So, uh, Joe, thanks for stopping by. Uh, good luck. Congratulations again on the job. Thank I know you, you can do a terrific job here. Can't wait to watch it tonight. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks. for Thanks. Back in a moment. This is 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
5: Screen door
0: it's a Nimnik Tuesday the on the Frangie Show. Nimnick, your friends Locked in the, the car down business down 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 since 1941.
5: Well, hey, Frank is... Uh,
3: just to our left doing a TV hit for Channel 4. He'll rejoin us in just a minute. He's this is one of his favorite. This is one of his. He is a, a very talented television and radio star. You were right about that. But this is one of his favorite all-time songs, and he's missing it. That's too bad. <laughs> Great job, RJ. Yeah.
2: We'll just uh, we'll soak it up.
3: That's absolutely. Springsteen's always a good choice around here, even if. Even if Frank has to miss it. Uh, thanks again to Joe Mercadante Show for joining us, the new UNF baseball coach. I say new. He's had the job now for a little bit. But uh, his debut with his team was on Friday, and UNF uh, split against Delaware. And as you heard, uh, UNF plays host to Florida tonight. First pitch is 6 o'clock. And uh, you've been here before for a Florida-UNF baseball game, right? Oh, yeah.
2: It's yeah. Great.
3: And it's uh, it is going to be absolutely packed.
2: I'm curious, too, about, like, Florida. Do they have... Edge is so, like, you don't see it. Like, teams usually aren't going to have an edge this early in the baseball season and in a a midweek game. But, you know, with Florida hearing about the the season opening loss now for three or four days, I'm curious to see if the Gators have a little extra something tonight. And can UNF, if they do, you know, can they
1: match that? See, that'll be a thing. People say it's not, but so much has been made of this Florida baseball team because they were so close, they should have. I think they were better than LSU. They should have won it last year. They didn't. The LSU had skeins, and 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 they won. But if you remember the line drive that Wyatt Langford hit,
5: mm-hmm.
1: that the left fielder made a great running catch. He doesn't catch it. Florida wins in two games and wins the championship. Instead, they finished second. But so much was made of them, and so much Florida is made of Jack Caglione, sure. who's the most talked-about player in college baseball. He's six-five. He's two-fifty. He's a hitter. He's a pitcher. He's a bomber. He came back to college for one more year. People thought he might not do that. So, so, but because of his presence, so much has been made about their team, their team, their team. Are they going to be ranked first? Are they can rank second. They're ranked third. They start Cade Fisher, and they lose opening night to St. John's, and then the next two get rained out. So they come here 0 and 1. So I think that's a I think the point Hayes made. Yeah. I think that's a thing. I, you wouldn't think so in a 56 game season. But it's a thing. And I, and I think, yeah, you better believe on that bus coming over here. Sully's right now on that bus telling him about it. I promise you. Is.
3: It's just the second time in his career at Florida that Florida has started Owen Will. Last
1: time was 2013. It was 11 years ago.
3: Yeah. Last so, time. yeah, I think, I mean, Kevin O'Sullivan is smart enough not to make that a huge deal with his team. But certainly, I think they faltered, Frank, in the fact that they didn't change their schedule to a doubleheader on friday yeah like ju probably, and probably should have probably it didn't have. make sense to me that there was no change when we all knew that it was going to be a, a terrible weather day both saturday and then predicted on sunday as well
1: the other thing and we talked to, to joe mercadante about this and, and again for baseball people that really appreciate stuff like this typically when ju plays florida or fsu plays unf or they play they all play each other the way college baseball works is those weekend series are so critical, not just in conference, but even before the season because you bring in name programs or good programs, even if it's a Delaware or Cincinnati, they're good programs. Uh, Columbia comes in to Gainesville this weekend. They're really good. They, they went to the NCAA tournament last year, even though they're a northern team. So you save your, your Friday, Saturday, Sunday starters for those games, and these games you're getting midweek guys. You're getting guys that are middle relievers, maybe a closer will throw an inning or two. Well, because neither team played Sunday – you're getting Liam Peterson, Florida's Saturday starter, versus Tony Roca, UNF Sunday starter. So you're getting two big-time arms now. Roca, I remember him at at, at Pontevedra was really good. Liam Peterson, one of the best players in the country. He was a he's a five. I don't know if baseball's got five stars, but he's he's DJ Lagway. Sure. This is DJ Lagway is going to start tonight for Florida. If you want to get an idea of what you're going to see tonight, th- there, this version of DJ Lagway is going to start tonight for Florida. Typically, he would be starting on Saturday against LSU. Uh, when the LSU Tigers and then, by the way, when Florida plays LSU, Liam Peterson will start the Saturday game. But uh, so, uh, so that makes it kind of cool that you're seeing now. Like Joe said, you're probably only gonna, it's a pitch count, so you're only going to see two or three innings from each guy. But it's going to be fun watching those guys.
2: Yeah, it will be. And uh, when do they pretty much unleash the pitchers? How pitch far counts. In, yeah, how far into the season do you sort of have to be?
1: Yeah, you're always going to be on a pitch count when the cold weather's here. You're always going to be on a little bit of a pitch count. Uh, My guess would be um, if there had been no rain over the weekend, you would have seen those guys. They they, they got stretched out in the fall, so you probably would see those guys 45, 50 pitches, I would think. I I would think now, tonight, you'll probably 25 or 30 for each guy, I would think. So by the time conference play comes around, which is – End of February, usually early March. I think by the time, then you let them go. I think you let you guys go, but I don't. But I think it's until then. Hayes, look at big league guys. I mean, big league pitchers. I can tell you, the the most the most pitches you'll ever see a major league pitcher throw in a spring training game is about seventy five or eighty. Ever that you'll ever see him throw is about seventy five or eighty. And spring training ends at the end of March, so that gives you an idea.
3: Yeah, I would think. Yeah, like you said it's funny because in the Florida world, this is cold, obviously. I'm for cold. you like cold. cold. For the teams like Delaware and Columbia and Cincinnati, like, this is certainly beautiful weather for them. But, yeah, uh, I think tonight is, is going to be just – I mean, I think it's going to sell out. If there were only – Caitlin told me – Caitlin, who works here at UNF, told me there are only a couple hundred tickets left. That, that There are going to be walk-ups that I think – Account for
1: that, so I think it's going to sell out. Yeah, I want to. For the top of the hour, I want to get to some other stuff. I want to get to this college football playoff the, the decision. I got a lot of thoughts about that. Where I think it's going to head. I want to get to Calvin Ridley. We got a lot of stuff to do on this on this Tuesday show. But let me stay on college baseball for a second or two. I will tell you, and I and I, you guys have heard me say this before. If you've listened to this radio show, you've heard me say this before. One of the biggest injustices in in college athletics is the way we do the baseball season. You know. There will never be another nor- true northern team win a championship. Did you realize that? Now Oregon State won one of their Northwestern team, but the weather's a little different there. But the way the calendar works, there's the southern teams are so far ahead. That doesn't mean a northern team can't win a game, but the southern teams are so far ahead that the pitchers are so stretched out that everybody is so that by the I mean they play for the championship in June. The northern teams probably don't find their way till first week of May. And so,
3: Isn't that I, what made Notre Dame with Link Jarrett so impressive? That's what
1: was amazing about yeah. it. But, but they didn't win the title, right. even though they got to the College World Series. Now, and listen, I've seen Ohio State or Michigan get to a College World Series. Maine has gotten to some College World Series. I mean, Maine has been to the College World Series, but they can't, but you can't win it. And, so, and for that reason, you don't get the best recruits. Recruits want to come play where they can play. Sure. If it was me, and I've always said this, as much as I love college baseball now, the first college baseball games played would be in March. I would not play a game. I would not play a game until March. I would uh, – the College World Series, uh, I would start to – when does the regional start? Like the, the Memorial Day? Is that That's regional? That's what it the, seems that, like. Yeah, Memorial Day, right? The conference tournament's like the week before. Then, like, Memorial Day weekend is the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament. And then, yeah, it's something like that. What I do know is the College World Series is like June 20th. That's what I do know. The College right. World Series is June 20th. College World <laughs> Series should be July 25th. It should be a month. It should be a month and change later in my mind, not just a month later. It should be a month and change later and to give everybody a chance. Now, listen, I'm a Southern guy. I'm a Florida guy. I'd rather the Gators have the advantage over the Ohio States of the world. So it benefits the teams I root for, but it, but it's totally inequitable, and, and, and it has been. And, and I understand kids aren't in school, and you don't want to, to reach in too far into summer B. I, I, under, I understand the academics do matter. It is college. I get that. But it just seems uh, really, really unfair to me.
3: I can understand that, but I mean, other than creating a dome, I don't know that they are going to, you know, change the schedule. Well, they're not going to change it. Yeah, Uh, but and and, and,
1: uh, and there's not even a push to change it. Well, I would recommend
3: along your lines if you were going to change it. I would recommend the college baseball. Uh, tournament to be played yeah. before training camp starts because yeah. once the nfl starts right like yeah, you said around july 25th that's usually when training camp starts yeah. i would want to make sure You're right. my, You're my right. college world series is wrapped up before that but so what people hap- lose interest
1: but but let me tell you what happened Paul and was a really really good coach at notre dame really good coach so you know what happens he goes to lsu wins a national championship link jarrett was a really good coach at notre dame hey you know what happens he goes to florida state and might win a championship if if Notre Dame or Michigan or Ohio State ever 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 get a good coach, they're going to Texas or LSU or Florida. I mean, there's no there's no exceptions. It doesn't that seem kind of weird. It, it is. To I me mean, it the
2: only solution would be to shrink the regular season. Yeah. But and and I don't know if there'd be any support for that from a. Yeah. It would save you some cost. Yeah. You know, because it's not a revenue sport. Uh, so uh, you know, for most, I yeah. w- I wouldn't think. Yeah, you're right. Probably it was, is for some, but. Yeah. I, but I don't think there's going to be no, any and, and
1: I'm not a proponent of less fewer games. Yeah, why, why can't you play in July? Why can't you? Doesn't everyone take online courses now anyway? I mean, you know, I mean, why can't you play in July? It would, I mean, nobody. There's, again, there's no move to do it. So I'm the only guy that feels that way. But I just feel like the University of Minnesota will never ever win a chance. Well, that's not good. They're not winning in anything else either. <laughs> but but Michigan, which is winning stuff at other sports, will never win one. We'll never have a chance.
3: Yeah, someone who uh, has worked at. In an athletic department, which is me, uh, that month of July is like the only time off yeah. you have. And so I'm going to tell and, you that's why they don't want it in and July. And, by the way, and, I, and I get that, too. Because as soon as August happens, you yeah. have fall sports starting. Yeah. And so and that's the way. only downtime yeah. that you have. And,
1: and by the way, that's a great point. That's a great – it's not just about the baseball players. It's about the athletic department. And, yeah. and, and, very fair point. So, anyway, that's my, that's all, that's my one – I talk about it all the time. It's my one pet peeve. But, hey, we love that we're here. We love that they're playing right now. Liam Peterson – Versus Tony Roca, J, uh, Florida. Florida versus this kid's
2: a giant. I don't know who this Florida, Florida. Gator player
1: is, but good God. Florida versus uh, who's twenty nine? I don't know. I don't know the numbers. But he's a big old dude. And he's <laughs> six six. It looks like. <laughs> but the uh, but Florida versus UNF is six o'clock tonight. Two terrific pitchers. You're going to want to come on by. It's really good baseball. Hope you're coming out uh, to watch it. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about the college football playoff.
3: By the way, that is Brody Denae. Okay, a transfer. He is six five two thirty five. Trans. He's he a transfer, like a
1: tight end. He's a, he's a, he's <laughs> a, is that the Virginia Tech transfer? He's a transfer. Yes, that, that, that is so. correct. Yeah, big old. Very well done. So there you go. We'll take a break. More in a moment. 10, 10, only
0: 2.5. The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. NMNIC, your friends in the car business since 1941.
1: Frank right, Frangier's Carline Lauren Brooks with you live at the ballpark. We do have to thank our friends from the Nimnick family of dealerships. Uh, Nimnick Chevrolet is on Cassie. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway, the this place to so. Well, i got a question for you. I need go gu- for it. I need guidance.
3: All right. I'm here for you.
1: And our next break, 12 minutes or so from now. Yes. If you were me, would you go to the car and get that hoodie for Carline? <laughs> or, or should I just watch him die? Okay? Because <laughs> I've never really watched a man die. Okay? I've seen it on TV, you know, but, I mean, we could – I mean, we could watch him go. He could go at any point. because I don't he's got know shorts, if it's cold, cold enough
3: for him to The beach die? volleyball team is wearing
1: nothing. <laughs> <laughs> They're
2: tough.
3: This guy running by also yeah, is also shirtless. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's cold enough for him to die, but hypothermia certainly yeah, would begin. Yeah. I, I, but I think he'd make it to his yeah. car before well, he actually I, I think
1: died. he could die, which is why I'm torn. I, I don't, know, no, don't know where to go on this. I, so. See,
3: what I thought you were going to say is uh, – Will I run to your car and get it because <laughs> oh, we no. have such a short no, break? I not,
1: no, no, I would not. No, not I would not <laughs> do that. And I was going to
3: say, yes, I, I will not, do that. I
1: would not ask you to do that. but I, I'm happy
3: is, to do that. G- is, that way I will warm up as well. D- d- By the way, is. if you are coming to the game tonight, it is breezy, so make sure yeah. you are prepared uh, warmth-wise, unlike Hayes, yeah. and have a blanket maybe also.
1: Yeah, I do have three words for you. You're one of my dear friends in the world. Mm-hmm. Weather.com. Have you heard those? L- yeah, it's. <laughs> this was a miscalculation <laughs> today. <laughs> <laughs> i get it yeah. I get the it. interesting
3: part though is i i yeah. we have been inside before and yeah. so yeah yeah i know that it is definitely different being outside but it
1: is, but it's but, but by the way it's a, we've done this before i've said how cold it was the people show at the <laughs> ballpark you guys act like it's <laughs> you're in alaska you know so it's, it's really they don't a, understand yeah.
3: what it's like when you're in the shade <laughs> oh, and the wind is blowing okay it is a,
1: it is a let i'm let me telling me. you the beach volleyball team <laughs> out here
2: is dressed like it's You're 95 right. degrees. <laughs> they really are. So that's it's like <laughs> yeah, as soon we're as, yeah, as, soon as I soft. saw that, I was like, I'm, I'm okay. Well,
1: that's
5: because I'll we're not moving. Uh, that's the, like, uh, the difference.
1: But let me tell you this: uh, apart from it's a little chilly under our tent, it is beautiful. There's not a cloud in the sky. It is a perfect. That's a little cool, but it's a perfect day here. So come out and watch baseball. And Lauren talked about it with Joe Mercadante a moment or two ago. Um, Tim Parenton, one of, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. God rest his soul. Uh, lost his battle with cancer, a valiant fight that, uh, uh, and and he will be honored tonight. Uh, his wife Sheila will throw out the first pitch. A lot of her friends and their family members, uh, his brothers, all coming here from New Orleans. It, it'll be a, it'll be a special time. I've told this story so many times. He is such a good, committed person. When Tim was really having his battle with cancer, a bad battle, um, I can remember he would come out to. He always came to walk off clinics even the morning of a game he'd come to walk off clinics and and coach our eight-year-old kids and I can remember times with a port with a port in when he he had barely he had he was in the middle of chemo and radiation and he came out and I said, I said Tim said he said I'm, he said what 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 station do I have I said Tim he said don't don't I'm not you know I'm not looking for an opinion what station do I have I said the hitting station he goes okay and he loved the hitting station. He loved to watch this. He loved – Tim Parenton loved to see the joy on their face when the barrel hit that ball. He lo- That was his joy in the world, man, when when those little kids who had never held a bat before and had never had a chance to play baseball before. And, man, when he would see that barrel hit that ball, he that was a big deal to him, man. So uh, God rest his soul. And uh, his wife, Sheila, uh, will throw out the first pitch tonight. So that would be cool. All right, I want to get to the college football thing for a second. First of all, they got it right. There's no there's no debating that. They got it right for where we are now. Um but I do think what you will see is there will be Hayes, a great deal of political correctness early on. They will, they will go to great lengths to put Tulane in ahead of Ole Miss the first year or two. But I think that will fade. That, that, so my guess is Tulane's in ahead of Ole Miss next year. Right now, it is it, the 12th team. Tulane's going in ahead of Ole Miss. Yeah, I think they'll be guaranteed yeah. it for the most well, part. Well, well, I mean, apart from the team that's guaranteed in, apart from the group of five team that gets in, if number one, the group of five team is going to get in because they have to, but but apart from the guarantee, if Tulane and of course, I guess it's all based on the rankings, but yeah. If, but if you can vote, oh, I don't think they're getting two. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would disagree. Yeah, but I well, and maybe Tulane, maybe that's a bad example. Yeah. Maybe the, maybe a better example is Oklahoma State. Okay. okay, but Oklahoma yeah. State's going to get in over LSU. Are going to get voted higher than yeah. LSU, because I think there will be a, a sense of political correctness early on. That's my feeling. Early on, I think that's where they're going to get. It,
2: it could be. I I just think the SEC and Big Ten have. I think they're trying to be somewhat stealth in in how they're maneuvering, but I think it's very clear that. I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of concessions. I mean, I think they're going to right out of the really gate. lobby right out of the gate uh, for, for their teams. And I think looking at the sec, you know, looking at the forecast, I, I think the sec does have a good chance of getting three or four in. Uh, I mean, I'd be shocked if it's less than three uh, and uh, oh, this year. Yeah. Shocked. And, uh, and, and, you know, I think even in, in the big 10, it's, it's going to be the same thing. So, no, I think you're going to see teams get frozen out. If you're an ACC team that loses two, you're in trouble. Uh, if you're a Big 12 team that loses two, I think you're in trouble. Uh, because, you know, I, I think the there's probably going to be three or four, two-loss-or-better SEC Big 10 teams, and I think I think they're going to get president. So I, I don't think it's – I don't think there's going to be an easing in or a, – a, I think I think the SEC and Big 10 have basically said we've been – covering you guys for a 100 years, and now the big money is here. We're not going to ignore it. It's irresponsible of us to ignore it when we can go get
1: a much bigger piece of this pie. Yeah, but they're not the only voters now. That's the point. The, the committee, I don't know who else is on the committee, but, uh, but my point is there will be resistance to this. Early, or in, Lauren, in my opinion, there will be resistance early on to all the bullies getting all the spots. I think ultimately that will change. But I think early on that's what you're going to see.
3: I think it depends on how much the committee weighs strength of schedule because what you're going to have a hard time selling anyone that watches college football no. is that a team in a conference that's not the SEC or Big Ten is going to have nearly as strong of a strength of schedule unless those teams in the ACC and Big 12, or the two teams from the Pac-12, are scheduling non-conference heavyweights.
1: Yeah. Well, to that end, to Hayes' point, if it really just is about who are the best 12, well, then there's none of that. Then LSU is going to get in ahead of Ohio State or Oklahoma State most of the time. I mean, I mean, there's some years they won't. be. yeah, so to your point, if it's that, I, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, and look, it's not it's not arbitrary by the time they pick. By the time they pick, it's who, who's the top twelve. But but I just
2: uh, and we know how the committee is. They're very logo centric. So I think if it does come down between a nine and three LSU or a ten and two Oklahoma State. They're taking LSU because it's just a much bigger
1: logo in the world of college football. I mean, yeah, we'll see, but yeah, well, I. By the way, and I think more times than not, the LSU team's better, even I, if they're nine yeah. and two. But I, but I, but we'll see. I. My sense is there'll be a little bit of that, that. That's that's thought number one. Thought number two, I'll be very interested to see how these seedings play out. Again, I know it's supposed to be done just by who's on the, who is on the, the who's ranked higher but I'll be very because here's the thing too. Forget the first 14. They're they're they get their buys. And then and they're going to be conference champions. Okay? So so a um a 8 and 4 Clemson could get a buy and an 11 and 1 Notre Dame doesn't. Or a 10 and 2 LSU doesn't. You know, so 10 and 2 LSU. So I really am interested to see if we see two or three years of this. Remember, nothing's decided after 26. Mm-hmm. You know that now. I mean it's really a two-year test case, so there's not even a television deal after 26. So the next part of the conversation is, what happens if 10 and 10 and 11 and one LSU loses, keeps losing on the road to eight and four, eight and four home team, right? I mean, and I guess that's a bad example because eight and four home team won't. I guess an eight. I guess the conference champion won't ever play at home. They'll always play neutral site, won't they? So, but my point is, I think it'll level out at some point. I guess that's where I'm going with all this.
3: Is your question, are all Power Four conference champions the same, or will they have to be reevaluated?
1: Yeah. What do you mean?
3: Like you're saying, like a Clemson, you can win the ACC, which is a Power Four now, yeah, league conference, and you can have three losses, but there can be way better teams in another yeah. conference. Yeah, and, and, and again, don't I'm picking on the ACC
1: again. I shouldn't do that, but you get my point. I think. If there's the top five conference champions, all right. all right, off the top of your head. Well, look,
2: if the SEC had a down year, yeah. let's say, and the SEC champion had four losses, right, they shouldn't be a top five seed. I agree. Like, they should be in because, yeah. they, you know, the conference is given a, you know, yeah, its champion but, gets in. But, I mean,
1: make them the ninth seed. But what's your guess next year off the top of your head? We don't have to get it right. Give me the top the top five. The top the five the five highest ranked conference champions at the end of the year. You're, what's your guess? I'll say SEC, Big Ten. So it's Georgia, Ohio State. Yeah. Uh then I'll say uh oof. FSU? Sure. Okay, Georgia Georgia, Ohio State, FSU. And um <laughs> uh who I mean I'm who? trying to
2: think who's even still in the Big Twelve.
1: Uh, a team of significance? The uh who who is left remember they picked up yeah, there's
3: Houston. <laughs> yeah,
2: I mean, but, I mean, it's almost, almost like – Almost like
1: Baylor, that's what it'll be. So yeah, it's
2: like it's it, – but it's going to be one of those teams. Yeah. I mean, so – And let's, then who? And then and it'll then be two like lane. the two-lane, the group yeah. of five, okay. you know.
1: Okay, so that's so, – so 2 Tulane seated fifth, okay? It's, I mean, it's a joke. So, but two-lane seeded fifth, okay? So they get a home game against um, 11 and uh, – 12 and 1 LSU, right? Well, twelve and no, they, one LSU, I would think would right. be the 60. You're, you're right, but Good. they
2: could get nine and three LSU. Yeah,
1: you're right. So I just think at some point we're going to even that out. I it's some, at some some point no I, think they're, I think mind. they're going to change. That's, that's they're going to change. Go away. They're going to change. That, that's my point. They're ultimately going to change how they do that. I think that if is. If you that, thought
3: voting was going away, right? It's not. It's just going to be magnified. by yeah. The 12 I, team.
1: I, and, and maybe the easiest way to do it, where we'll ultimately get, is the top four seeds or the top four seeds. And if three of them come from one conference, so be it. That's where I think, and, I, and I've been wordy in trying to explain this, where I think we're ultimately going to go in two years, four years, eight years, is the top four seeds will be the top four teams in the country, as is, is, is believed by a committee, because that's who it is in basketball. They're not worried about which damn conference they're in in basketball. It's the best seed. There's a lot of automatic qualifiers that get into the tournament, but it has nothing to do with where you're seated. I think in X amount of years, I don't know when that will be, the top four seeds will be the best teams in college football, period, regardless of conference. I That's think, my point. I,
2: I totally agree. I think that will start in 2027. I, as soon as they can change it, I think they will change that. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think this is all going to lead to uh, a split. I, I First off, the ACC may not even really exist in two years. Yeah. I mean, if Florida State is able to get out for however they do it, but if Florida State leaves, which is going to then mean that North Carolina is out, and probably Clemson and probably Virginia, uh, you know, or, or, you know, maybe more, but certainly at least four. Well, the ACC can no longer be considered a a legitimate factor in in the national champion. I mean, it it doesn't deserve one of the spots. Uh, You know, we'll see what this new Big 12 without Texas and Oklahoma looks like, but my guess is it's not going to look worthy enough to have a spot, guaranteed to it. And, uh, you know, so I think a lot of this is going to change. And, I mean, again, ultimately, the, the best thing for probably for the sport is just for the SEC and Big Ten to pick up some schools, merge. That's your league.
1: Yeah, cause, because at least next year, Lauren, Tulane or somebody like him is going to be the five seed. And, and a, in, a, in Michigan, at 10 and 2 is going to be lower. You know, and, and and I just I, I just think we're going to fix that. I guess that, that that the other thing is I also believe this. I think this will change hot seats. I think it'll now be did you get in the tournament? I think there's a lot of coaches that that didn't make the top four to keep getting fired or whatever. I think now making the twelve will be a difference maker all over don't you sense well, I that I mean
2: Dan Mullen would have been a hero at Florida Correct. I think cuz he'd Correct. have been in every year He'd have been in the 12 you know? just about
1: just I, about every year they'd have been And
2: in the and it probably I mean and, and that works both ways maybe yeah. that keeps him more energized in yeah, the job That's right. Uh you know because they are I mean there there's a, there's going to be it, it's it's going to be seismic in how it affects everything yep. in the sport hot seats uh it, all of that, it's going to have a profound impact because it's going to be much more of a open race.
1: I don't think there's any question about that.
3: And it's going to be black and white. Like you said, did you make it in? Did you not? Yeah, and there's not really, if you're 14th, that's not good enough.
1: And there's going to be teams that never missed a tournament or been a tournament seven out of eight years. And that'll affect y'all. Let's take a break. When we come back back to the Jaguars for a second. I want to talk about Calvin Ridley and the importance of him to the 2024 Jaguars, or the importance of having him on the roster. That's next day with us.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941.
3: And out today as we're live here at Harmon Stadium. Hayes, you saw the Doobie Brothers? Was it last year or two years ago?
2: I think it was two years two ago. Two years ago. Okay. Yeah, a lot of fun.
3: I've never seen them before. At some point, I need to. They're make coming a back, movie. right? Yeah, they're yeah. coming back. Yeah, to Daly's place. I need to go. To hey, there you should go. Absolutely. Went to a concert last night. Donovan Frankenwriter. At Underbelly, which I had never been to Underbelly. Fantastic venue. Oh, cool. It's small, but, I mean, just wonderful. And, uh, yeah, had a great time. And then tomorrow night I go to another concert. So it's just going to be one of those weeks for me. That's wild. All right, we're we're about to talk about Calvin Ridley. You know what I miss this time of year? Football highlights. Yeah. You know why I miss them? Because we don't have them. (laughs) (laughs) Because we don't have football on the weekends. It feels like it's been quite some time since we saw Trevor Lawrence throw a touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley.
2: Yeah, since Halloween. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it has been a while, and uh, it'll be fun when uh, we get to OTAs and those guys are back on the field, and you know that's always enjoyable. But uh, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough this time of year. I, I'm trying to get into college basketball, so um, you know beyond just Florida. Right. Um, so uh, so that's that's been kind of fun. But uh, but yeah, I mean this Calvin Ridley story. I mean, it is going to dominate, you know, next year or next year. Next week, uh, Trent Baalke and Doug Peterson will meet with reporters up in Indianapolis, and, you know, that's going to be the prime talking point, really, mm-hmm. is uh, is is what's it going to look like for Calvin Ridley and Josh Allen, and, and Ridley's a big part of that.
3: It, he certainly is. May you live
2: to be 1,000 years old. So.
3: <laughs> Frank Whitten got the bet sweatshirt. You warm, bet you're warmer
2: already. Yeah, I
5: am. Thank <laughs> okay. you so much. Uh, right.
3: By the way, the tag window opened at four o'clock, so it's been 21 minutes, and I don't think the Jaguars have placed a franchise tag on anyone yet.
1: No, and, and I'm and I'm hopeful. By the way, the best scenario would be we wouldn't have to a place it on anybody. But, right. uh, but I uh, again, I, I am not worried. I told you guys this at the top of the program. I have no fear, no concern at all about Josh Allen. Would it be better to avoid the tag and everybody's happy? Sure it would. But I have no fear that that's going to affect him how he plays. He's going to be on the team. I don't worry about that. I do think Calvin Ridley is important. How important do you think Calvin Ridley is to to, to have him versus not having him as you get in not only to the season but to the draft, the whole bit?
2: I think it starts with how much faith do you have in Calvin Ridley. I have faith that Calvin Ridley would be better here in year two than he was in year one. A lot of the issues that he had I think can be corrected with a second year here and the familiarity that would come with that. So, uh, so I have faith in Calvin Ridley, so because of that, I would like him to be here. But I, I understand the other side of it, of, you know, he made a lot of mistakes, and, uh, you know, can you find uh, a suitable replacement? I just think with the holes that they already have in the interior offensive line, the interior defensive line corner, uh, to then add receiver to that list – Because if you don't have Ridley, you've got to do something. It can't just be Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, if he's even back, and Parker Washington or whoever it would be. I mean, so I would like Ridley to be back because it then creates, I think, a big void that will have to be filled with a premium asset that you have in the offseason, whether that's the 17th pick. Or big free agent money.
3: Frank, you said you'd prefer to, for the Jaguars not to use the franchise tag at all. I don't know if I'm there yet with Calvin Ridley. I think fran- the franchise tag on him might be the best situation because I don't know if I'm ready to give him a long term deal based off of what I saw last Well, and day.
2: they won't give him the deal, but I think in terms of not using the tag on Allen right. is because, right. right, I mean, they.
1: But but, but uh, Lawrence's point was you're right. I, I'd rather not use it at all because right. even on. Because even on, remember, if you use the franchise tag on him, He's going to cost you a bunch this year. You know, I mean, if you use the franchise tag on Calvin Ridley, top five at the position, right? No, it's uh, it's
2: top ten, and they could tag him and then come to an agreement. Like Ingram. Like Ingram. Well, that's right. That's yeah. right.
1: Well, yeah, I, you're right. If you, Don't get me wrong. I, if, if you sign Josh Allen, you use the franchise tag on Ridley rather than letting him hit pure free agency. No question about that.
2: And they can't do that as we've talked yeah. about. They yeah. can't do their own deal with Ridley, because right. then they'd have to part ways with that second-round pick, yeah, which yeah, they're not going to do.
1: It, correct. They, unless, Right, unless, like we said yesterday, unless they agree to it but don't do it and you trust, you know, so you gotta, you got to trust the process. Um, but the bottom line is this. This is a guy that started every game, which means he was healthy, which means he was available. You're worried about the fact that he gets suspended for a year. Well, availability was not a problem. The best ability is availability, right? He started every game. He had 76 catches. He had 1,000 yards, 1,016 yards. He had eight touchdowns in what everybody seemed to think was this really disappointing year. So he probably, the expectations were higher than they should have been for a guy that hadn't played in two years. That's the reality.
3: Sure, if Christian Kirk doesn't get hurt and the Jags make the playoffs, are we still discussing calvin ridley's disappointing season yeah. or did we add that to the plate of disappointment because of how it all went
1: y- yeah I, well i think people had such high expectations of him that he was ne- in retrospect i mean i was as guilty as anybody well but, he uh, said them yeah I was yeah gonna say, yeah yeah well he did no. do himself any favor no he, no he didn't yeah. i agree with that but the bottom line is that's a very good point part of it's because he threw him he threw him out there too but we all bought it and and he tried Again, this is a guy in a brand-new offense, hadn't played in a couple of years, had to learn so much. His quarterback had to learn him and, and and had to play a lot of times when he did get doubled, particularly the time Zay Jones was out. And, I mean, how many games did he play with Zay and Christian? Not very many, right? No, because Zay was barely Zay out was there. out a bunch. And Christian, you know? we know, missed the last six, seven so games. So Christian missed the last six. Zay missed a bunch early. So despite all that, he had a heck of a year. And the last thing you need, again, your window is open now. The last thing you need is have to break in a new receiver, and he and Trevor has to learn him. There's something to this, by the way. You always see these stories in the offseason when the quarterback and the receivers get together and they go to the lake together and they go, to the, they go on trips together and they throw together. There's something very real to that. That's what makes it so amazing what the Chiefs keep doing, even though the receiving core changes every year. That's, that's one more reason why Patrick Mahomes is so dang amazing is that he does that. Well, that's, that's a very real thing is quarterbacks and receivers being on the same page. The last thing the Jags need, and frankly, the last thing Calvin needs, is to go through that again. That's why him being here is so much better for all concerned, and I think that will be in his mind when he talks contract.
2: Yeah, and and I like where Lauren's going with the hypotheticals because what if that ball is six inches closer to him in Nashville or if he's got six more Mm -hmm. inches of reach and he catches it and and it's a touchdown – and they beat the Titans because right. I think I think if they hit that play, they win the game. I do too. And then uh, and, and then, then, what is he doing and then Cleveland off? comes in and you beat Cleveland, right? Because Flacco's going to fall apart. Then everything's different. And then you go to Baltimore, Kansas City, and Lou, wherever they have right. gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you lose kind of in the same round. But if that happens, then it's like, well, under no circumstances can you let Calvin Ridley go. He Correct. made the play of the year. Right. Correct. Uh, but again, that's that's this sport mm-hmm. and and how two yeah. inches uh, can can. You know, completely change the narrative of a season and a player, and and your vision for what the future should look like. Which is
1: why, in my mind, in my mind for this team in this season, more importantly than more important than any free agent signing that wasn't on your team last year, more important than any draft pick, even if you do pick 17th overall, which is a premium pick, more important, and so is 48. More important than either one of those are these two players. Well, it's roundly accepted that Josh Allen falls into that category. Nobody nobody debates that Josh Allen's far more important than any free agent you could sign who's not on your team. What is not as roundly accepted is that Calvin Ridley is too. Calvin Ridley is more important than who they're getting at 17. He's more important than who they're getting at 48. He's more important than the first free agent they signed. That's my point. And I think somehow, some way, if you can find a way – If they can find – there's a lot to do, by the way. There's some things broken on the team. We've talked ad nauseum about the problems uh, in the interior of both lines. I get that. But if you can find a way to bring Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley both back to the team, and I think they will, that is a gigantic step forward, and that's kind of my point.
3: And so would you be willing to to do a long-term deal with Calvin Ridley now?
1: Depends on the numbers, possibly. I, I would certainly be willing to do what I did with Ingram. And that is tag him so you can control the pace of the of the negotiations a little bit, and then and then land where you want to. But yes, I would. Now again, I, uh, how much you give him is part of that question too. Sure, but, but I mean, but, it, but it's it, the right he's going to
3: compare what he wants from the Jags with what he can get elsewhere.
1: Yeah, that, I agree. I agree. And until until he's tagged, and then he can't. But but yeah.
3: But, to but your, that makes the Josh Allen part of it so incredibly No important. question,
1: it's all connected. But but to, to, but to your original question. Would I sign Calvin Ridley to a three or four year deal? Remember you get out to your point, you always get out of the deal. But would I sign him to a deal with some guaranteed money? Yes. Yeah, for the right would you? Yes. For the right dollars, yes. I, I would. I, I
2: I would tag him so I can keep the second rounder and then somewhere in June yeah. I would get and, the deal done.
1: And you can control the pace of it too. You can control the pace of it by the tag what happened with Ingram last year. I thought everyone thought it was a terrible thing. It wasn't a terrible thing. The bottom line was that allowed the Jags to control the pace of the negotiations. I think everybody had a pretty good idea where that thing was landing. I don't think there was any shock on either side. Do you? No. And Evan had only been here one year.
2: I mean, it's it's to me it was it made more sense to have to sort of play that game with Evan. Whereas that's why I I, I just don't understand the Josh Allen thing. He's been here for several years. He's a homegrown player. So yeah. that's that's why I think it's it's the, two different scenarios. The, the
1: biggest thing with Josh Allen is that there's the real reality is there's unknowns. We don't know what he and his camp are asking, and we don't know what the Jags are willing to do. We we don't we we want to think that they should be able to find common ground, but we really don't know. We we really and neither neither side is or should negotiate in the media. So we I mean I think I think to you to your point Hayes. It'd be great if they could find a way to sign Josh Allen. But if his camp is asking for something egregious that's, not, that, that's out of the realm, we don't know that. I don't know that. You know? So hopefully that gets done sooner rather than later, and you move on to Ridley. But, but again, Josh Allen's going to be on the team. There, there's no debating that. I hope Calvin Ridley's on the team, too. I guess that's kind of the point. I think, that, I think they need him. I think he's an important part of what they're doing, and I hope he winds up on the football team. I, I really do. I'd love to see Trevor, Ingram, Kirk, Zay Jones, Calvin Ridley, Travis Etienne together again. I would, I, w- I would put if the grouping is quarterback is Trevor, running back is Etienne, tight end is Evan Ingram, and three wide receivers are Kirk, Zay Jones, and Calvin Ridley, I'm not saying it's the best in the league, but I'm saying I would put that against a lot of them. That's kind of the point.
2: No doubt about it. It's yeah. a good group. You, know, you just got to develop the line and play some defense. You'll be fine.
3: What would you expect Josh Allen's camp is asking, Hayes?
2: I mean, I wouldn't think it's twenty 27, 28 million, $28 a year would be my guess. I mean, I, I would think you would start with the deals that, like, uh, we saw, like, Sweat sign. Uh, and uh, um, there was a couple others that uh, had been signed in the last year or so. And, you know, you go off of that, and I would give them a little bit of a bump. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I think that's where it's going to come in i mean i I don't think it's going to radically change the market for edge rushers i mean it's just but you need to put them at or near the top of that list right Uh, because it's
3: the most recent
2: yeah and and again he's he's earned it i mean he just this wasn't a 12 sack season you got 17 and a half and basically every time you blinked was around the quarterback.
3: And there was no playoff game for him to increase that number. If the Jags had played a playoff game, he could have had he could have had 20 sacks.
2: That's right. So I mean, I uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I I would pay him top market. I mean, I I think he's earned it. I think they can certainly do it. Uh, and you know, I again, I I don't know what the holdup yeah. to it would be. I mean, I. I can't
1: imagine he's asking for forty-five million dollars. He's not asking for quarterback, <laughs> quarterback money. money. Right, I right. mean, so I no, no, and, and I don't think so either. I, I'm just saying, the reality is we don't know either side. We, we we don't now deals that don't get done, you find out the sides. Deals that get done, the number becomes public. Number deals that don't get done, somebody says here's where they here's where they were.
3: And how much are Jaguars fans scarred by the Yannick Ngakwe stuff?
1: Yeah, well. I mean, again, Yannick Ngakwe wasn't a complete player. I, 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 I still go back and forth. Should they have paid him? Could they have paid him? Yeah, he certainly was better than Caleb on chase on some of the guys I had here. Yet he never became anything great where he, when he went. A- everywhere he went, he was no factor. You know, yeah, he, and I he, think – They couldn't – everywhere he went, teams couldn't move on from him fast enough.
2: Right, and I like Ngakwe, but Josh Allen is – yeah.
1: In it's, a, a different, it's a different conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah, no question about it. Right. We'll take a break. When we come back, Mick Morrow is going to join us, the athletic director at the UNF. That's next. Stay with us.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on The Frangie Show. Nimnik. Your friends in the car business since 1941.
1: Patrick with us live at UNF today. UNF in Florida. Get together baseball. We're at Harmon Stadium. Frank Randy, Hayes, Carline, Lauren Brooks. and did make Morrow join us. The athletic director out here. You don't even look cold. You're not cold. No, I'm good, man. I'm He's juiced tough. up for tonight. Right? <laughs> right? It's just okay. The adrenaline's running through me. <laughs> it's all tough. Huh? Uh, this is going to be exciting. This is a, uh, I told you this before, it's kind of cool that we catch Roca and Liam Peterson. Liam Peterson's first appearance ever as a Gator, right. the, the, the five-star if they have that in baseball. And uh, you're going to have a phenomenal crowd tonight.
6: Yeah, that, uh, the the thirty six hours of rain over the weekend. Yeah, this right. might be the only benefit <laughs> from it, right? That's right. Uh, That's yeah. Right. So we're gonna have a great crowd. Honestly, like we're kind of looking through the numbers, and this might be one of the biggest crowds we've had. For some reason, back in two thousand nine, we announced over three thousand people okay. came to a game. Okay. That's physically impossible. <laughs> right. So I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what <laughs> happened that year. Um, but besides that, yeah. we're gonna we may have one of the biggest crowd we've had in a long, long time. Nick,
1: how important is this game? These games, I mean, obviously, financially. But, but but, also for the, I don't know, the self-esteem of your – to come here to the game everyone's talking about. I would think this game is, like, in, the, in your course of the year, it probably doesn't compare to the Rumbles in basketball, but i got to believe it's up there, right?
6: Yeah, it definitely is. It excites the fan base, the students. Guys love playing in this game. I was yeah. just talking to Joe Wilbruda. He was yeah. you know former player yeah. for UNF. He said these games, like, they would get jacked up for it. Mm. You know, it's really exciting and the atmosphere we can create. So, like, we have a 1,000 that can fit in the stands up there and then we sold another almost a 1,000 seats beyond that. Oh. Well, that means this whole section is going to be packed with people, and there's our bullpen, you right, know, and right. so just being on top of the game will be really fun, but this also can set the tone for the rest of the year. They come, this, you know, we are just started the season, so they come now, they have a great time. They come back for other games, you know, because we host 35 home games. So we got a lot of options. And so we want them to keep coming back and supporting this this team and, and the environment. And, no, again, no one ever comes to UNF game and right. leaves and be like, well, that was awful. Right. Like That's people right. love That's the right. experience. Yeah. It's, it's a good experience and it's a quality product. Uh, we just need more Jacksonville to continue to come out and watch what we're putting on the field. What stands out to you about the team? Uh, just the culture, uh, the discipline how they approach the game. Uh, It's just uh, there's a different feel about this team. And, you know, Coach Merck and and the squad have worked really hard. You can tell. You come out to practice and they're pouring into these guys. And so, uh, you know, it's. They started out the year with a win over Delaware, 9-7. Coach Merck's first ever win as a head coach was really cool. And, and so they're going to continue to get better throughout the year. And, and hopefully they're, they're peaking at the right time when it comes to conference play. Maybe we can make a little noise this year. I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, they're definitely being coached to do that.
3: How do you get a pass for the truck in the outfield? Over so that's
6: there? free. Yeah, oh. that's first come, first serve. So they, they are smart. They are smart. That's why they were here at like <laughs> two o'clock. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so that is our special little tailgating section. Yeah. And so that's a first come, first serve. Back up your pickup to the, you know. You know, center left field area, and, and you've got a spot. And, so, and that's what we want to create with this venue. There's a lot of ideas I want to do. Like the area we're in right now, I want to make this, turf this, and make this a family fun zone so you yeah. can tailor to the families. And then left field, we want to replace outfield wall and have that see-through and then have field-level seating out there. And then we want to do more of a, a party deck here, so come closer to the field and do a party deck. And then, of course, we got the chair backs you want to sit up there. And then we got premium down the right field. Like We want to provide a bunch of different options because that's, that's what baseball does. especially the minor league parks have done that a really good job with that so that's what we want to turn this into so that we can tailor towards every kind of demographic and depending on what you want out of your game day experience
1: nick where is that on your on your schedule your 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 chronology of, of everything
6: so we've got plans for all of it now we just finished clubhouse design too okay. so new locker room and offices that will go down that right field line right past the nest that's okay. our ground shop area okay that gets relocated or just saying we take over that and we create a clubhouse that includes offices a new locker room uh, which is our biggest need for this program is locker room and so it's a four million dollar project got fresh renderings yeah. i know you're rendering oh, guy love me a render. you so give me maybe. a render you give me a baseball render. yeah <laughs> i know I'm right Good for the day man yeah, that, that, that's double awesome for you so but we'll uh we're gonna we have all that and we're we're putting it all together and we're starting to meet with potential prospective donors and and try and get this done i'd love to have Field turf, outfield wall, new seating area done going into next season even start potentially after the season. But, again, it's we got to have money from a fundraising standpoint to get all that done. So got the land, got the plans. Now we need to go out there and get that money and, and continue to give the resources to this program that they need. How do people and companies reach out to you if they want to donate? So uh, we have the UNF Osprey Clubs, UNFOspreys.com. We have Osprey Clubs, got information on there. And I welcome them to contact me directly. I love having those conversations. Like, I love sharing the vision of what we can do here. Like, I'm passionate about it. Like, this is my hometown. I believe in this university. And I think we can take this. We're just scratching the potential of who we could be as a university and as an athletic department. So I love having those conversations. I love bringing people out and showing that vision of what we're trying to do. and, And it's been effective for us so far
3: yeah and, i mean just behind us we've got beach volleyball which didn't exist a few years ago and i know tomorrow you've also got florida coming in for softball so that's another big yeah. game
6: yeah the again the rain actually helped us turn that a single game against florida and now it's a double header starting at four o'clock and so we're already sold out over there as well we've actually doing something new for the first time over at softball where we added 600 standing room only bleacher seating in the outfield Usually we just roll with what we've got, and that's a little over 300, and we've already sold out of those 300. So we've tripled our capacity for softball for tomorrow. Nice. Um, new thing that we're doing for the first time, but it's $10. You get out there, and you can see clearly the field. It's a really cool view. You, you have to stand the majority of the game, but that's okay. And then we throw out concessions just like you have behind you. We'll have that out there. So there will be beer stands and concession food. And, again, Florida, one of the top softball teams in the country coming here. So back-to-back nights we've got, we have Florida and the Gators in town. So,
1: Nick, Nick, for baseball, I mean, we're not that far removed from Coastal Carolina having that great team. Um, Maine has gone to Omaha. Uh, baseball can be done. Certainly in Florida, it really can be done. Yeah. What does it take? Is it – where does your budget compare to other schools of your size, whether it's in your league, whether it's in the southeast? Uh how do you get baseball to be great? Because it can, it can happen with baseball.
6: It can, and that's what's motivating for sure. Like Stetson hosted a yeah. regional went Super regional not right. that long ago. That's right. They're in our conference, yeah. and they're not that far different from a resource standpoint. I think you know, we're very close to being fully funded from a scholarship perspective. If We we probably need another fifty or $60,000 uh, reoccurring to get its full cost of attendance on baseball scholarships. So 11.7 times a full cost of attendance scholarship, and we can be there. So obviously you got to have the scholarship money to yeah. go get the play. Players, um that's first and foremost and we're we're there we have enough to be competitive at that level
1: how's facility the facilities F- that's, factor
6: that's the biggest thing we need you know going back to that locker room yeah it, it hurts us from a uh, student life experience from you know team chemistry and to recruiting you yeah. know and yeah. so that's not a selling point what we have right now and so if we get that clubhouse done There's not. I mean, we could always get better, and we keep adding too. But in terms of fielding a team that can go win a conference championship, and or even if you don't win the conference championship, be good enough to get a selection, at large selection to the NCAA tournament there's our conference every other year gets two or three people in you don't have this isn't a one bid league when it comes right. to baseball to LA and that's south. right that's right you know and so we can position ourselves if we don't win conference champ to get in through uh, just having a you know we can, we're in the south so we host a lot of quality we got a lot of quality teams so playing florida helps us from a strengthened schedule and you pull one of those off that helps in your resume when when the committee's looking at it for for an at-large selection men's basketball really exciting right now it went through a low, but. Kind of found their way again
2: and sits in a great position as we now are, what, two, three weeks away from the conference tournament.
6: Yeah, it's really exciting. we got the River River City Rumble Part 2 on Friday uh, at Swisher. And so that one. And then we finish with two home games. we got Florida Gulf Coast next Wednesday, Stetson Stetson next Friday. And we are tied for third right now. That top four seed is so critical when you talk about our tournament because we're hosting a playoff game. You host that playoff game that it betters your chances. It's better for the financial bottom line too. It betters your chances of winning, it creates more excitement amongst your fan base in the city, and so we're really fighting. And that's why we need people to come out next week too. We need people here Wednesday and Friday to give us that extra edge to win those games so we make sure we host that playoff game. And so really exciting right now. It's um I don't know, there's a different buzz around the hallways and around the community when you when you're in the mix like that to host a playoff game. And you better believe like we could we can beat EKU. We can beat Stetson. We're right there with both of them. And should have you know, beat what? Stetson. We should've should Stetson. be Stephon. And and we can we can beat anyone in our league and um and, and so it's exciting to see where this could go. This could be a magical season. Chaz Lanier, I can't say enough about cool. what he's done this year. Like he's popping up on all sorts of leaderboards from from being one of the best players in the country right now and he's getting the attention from NBA agents as well. Like he's 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 the man in
3: he certainly is. Do you know when the first playoff game would be if you end up posting,
6: Yes, March 5th is the quarterfinal. Okay. So, season ends on Friday, March 1st. Then quarterfinal, there's actually, um, it's 10 teams get in. And so, there's a 7-8 game and a 9-10 game that's neutral site at the top two seats. Okay. So, if we were, let's say we get all the way up to the two seat, mm-hmm. we would hope and eight game on Monday, the winner of that would play us on Tuesday. Okay. And then quarterfinals Tuesday, semifinals Thursday. The final is 2 o'clock ESPN2 on Sunday, March 10th. Okay, you know?
1: so uh, that's right. So let's say you get to the two seed. The seven and eight play here at your arena. Correct. That's right. That's yeah. right. So that's, that's right. really good. Yes. I mean, and you play the next day. We play them the next day. The After next they day. just played. Boy, that, boy, those top seeds are important, aren't They're, they? So, yeah, yeah, and you know that's why I'm
6: a big high-seed host fan. Yes, yes. Good seeing it firsthand and what that can do for you. I mean, we hosted the first-ever uh, ch- tournament championship when the league switched to the high-seed host back in 2015, and we went and won the championship on our home floor, styling out the arena two, 48 hours before the game, yeah. student line all the way down to the tennis courts. Like, that was a really, really cool time.
1: So, so if you're the three- or four-seed, you host a game, but Correct. you don't host one of the play-in games. Correct. Okay, so the one and two, I get it. That's a one and two team. That's the great thing, because yeah. you got a guy who, and they got no legs. Yeah. Uh, on top of the fact that they're in your gym, right? They you're, you're fresh and they're not. I mean, that's
6: just reality. And two C's not out of reach. We're yeah. two back from Stetson right now, but we play Stetson last game of the season. Right. So we take care of JU. We beat Gulf Coast. Stetson trips on one of those, and all of a sudden we're playing for the two C next Friday. Yeah. Um, and so that's exciting that that scenario could exist for us next Friday night.
1: All right, interesting stuff. All right, what about tonight? Are you excited? Are you nervous? I mean, you got a ball game here coming up in about an hour.
6: Yeah, tonight is a special night though, 'cause we are recognizing Coach Farrington, T.P. Yep. Uh, we're doing a, an official recognition. Sheila, his his wife's can. He's going to be here with a lot of family, friends, people coming up from Gainesville as well. Because, And we picked this game because he was an assistant coach of Florida, you know, and our head coach. And so there's a lot of tie-in from that perspective. So a lot of people coming around just to be a part of that recognition. And uh, we're really excited to have Sheila there. She's going to throw out the first pitch with awesome. some of TP's family there on the mound with her. Yeah. And so yeah, there's no doubt it will be a little bit of emotion tied to tonight uh but but really happy we get the opportunity to honor him you know you can see on our backstop we put the decal that we created for this year um to honor him and it's also on the helmets for not just baseball softball also put it on their helmets and and we are gonna um yeah i'll go ahead and spoil it now but we are announcing that we've created an endowed scholarship in his honor that's that's going to live on so uh, tp's legacy will live on forever here and and we're going to give it to a baseball student athlete that demonstrated the characteristics he did you know from just being a you know, genuine good guy, a good team player, the grit, the the perseverance, the things that we all know T.P. to be, and that's who it's going to go to uh, moving forward, that scholarship. So his legacy lives
1: on forever. Yeah, that was well described. You just described him, didn't you? Yeah. You described T.P. Uh, and Nick Morrow, the AD here at uh, UNF Special Night. Hope you're coming out. And, again, that will be right before the game. So right the make, game. make sure you get here on time and, and yeah. see Sheila. She's wonderful and it's great. She's throwing out the first bit. Nick, thanks, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. We'll take a break. Uh, you're headed back to the studio.
3: Got to go host Helmets and Heels, yes, sir. Helmets
1: and Heels along with Mia and Taylor. Denny Thompson jumped in. We'll talk quarterbacks and more in a moment. An hour to go. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings.
7: Now, the quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay. Bring it in! Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security,
1: Register Sausage,
7: and George Moore Chevrolet.
1: One, two, three, hey! Jenny Thompson joined us out here. Oh, look at that. By the way, did you. <laughs> number one? It went number one. How about that? Yeah. Had to send it to you guys? How to send it to you yeah. guys? Yeah. This yeah. Oh,
7: that. Never thought I'd get a text from you about Careless <laughs> Whisper. <laughs> I,
1: just, I felt <laughs> obligated to text both of you guys. A little late at night for uh, you to be sending uh, us that text, in fact, Frank. I so thought i said I got to text these guys. I have no choice in my moment. <laughs> careless Whisper. What went, anniversary was it, 38? Uh, I don't know. It was one year. It, it was, was a, a long time ago. All I know is it went number one yeah. that year, and I thought I had to, had to text yeah. Hayes <laughs> and Denny. Oh, goodness. How you doing? Good to see I'm you. I'm great. I, I would like to publicly
7: state now that if y'all are going to do this baseball thing every week, yeah, I would you're, like. You're in? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to do the whole show. It's <laughs> <next> Tuesday. <laughs> and it's great. It's, it's fantastic. Great. Especially yeah. where you guys are at. Just hearing the interaction between yeah coach and player here has been phenomenal. Yeah, you love that uh, stuff. Explain
1: why because you're 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 all geeked up watching. They're
7: they're just talking strategy and where it, like I just love the way the coach was just cueing the pitcher there. He's yeah. asking you know what he feels on each one, what he's more comfortable with, where yeah. he's at on the mound, like all not not basic throw strikes, but like what what are you feeling here during each and every throw and giving them a situation on every single pitch. It's just yeah. solid stuff.
1: Yeah, so, and, and it really is. So baseball, there's a lot of connection between how the body works in baseball and football, right?
7: Yeah, a ton, a ton. In, in fact, you know, we mentioned this last week, I, it, yeah. it just the baseball. I, I jokingly said this weekend we had a kid from uh, the Naples area who's committed to Michigan, and he was a long-time baseball player, top 20 baseball player in the country. Right. And I told his dad, I was like, "It's just so easy that I want to tell parents, like, you have to play seven years of baseball for us to work with you, right. because it just speeds the whole process up so much. Just the the action that your arm gets and the way that you have to learn in baseball, you have to truly learn sequencing yeah. uh, to be effective. And football, you really don't. And and but if you know it, you're you're really good. So I, I love the uh, the combo baseball football players for sure, especially yeah. if they can hit. By the way,
1: I told you a story before." That Mark Thorson, our, um, yeah. who was such a wonderful coach at Bishop Kenny all those years, said he he wasn't getting tough, big, physical, fast football players. That he had to play against a lot, but he was getting a lot of baseball players. Mm-hmm. So he had to develop a passing game yep. because that's how he could win. Because that's who he was getting. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No. And and, and let baseball players are more fun. Yeah. Just flat
7: out, like <laughs> in January yeah. when, when Tom's got all the baseball and we've got the football, there's like a yeah. month where they kind of merge they're together. together. Yeah. And the baseball players do this year around where they're just talking to each other and entertaining themselves. Right, football right. players are boring compared to them. <laughs> if Garrett Cole
2: said, I want to throw a football, and he worked on it for six months, what would it look like in your opinion? It would, probably be, it, it would
7: probably be fundamentally like teaching tape good. Yeah. Just because it is, it's once he figured out the wrist and the grip and the weight difference, um, his all their bodies are just so naturally tuned to go, you know, hip, torso, elbow, hand, um, that it'd probably be pretty
1: easy for him. And yeah, he's 6'3", 240. He looks like an NFL quarterback. Doesn't he? That's a great call. Yep. That's a great question. How, how does the, one of these quarter, these pitchers? How would they look as a quarterback? Well, when
7: you look at guys like Austin Reed, they look like pitchers. Yeah. Big bottom half guys that just are – Pat Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And we talked about this last week. People made fun of him with his shirt off, but it's just functional, right? It's like I know where I get my power from, and that connection to the ground, if I can be stronger into the ground, I'm going to be looser and better up top. Um, So that's the reason why all these guys are built this way. I I absolutely love how we're getting away from beach bodies for football.
1: I I didn't know, by the way, that Brock Purdy was a baseball guy. Yeah, so they, they. I read that was it Peter King have that or mm-hmm. somebody. You you had told us a little bit, but I he was a baseball. I mean, and everyone knew Mahomes was because his dad was pitching yeah. the big leagues. But I didn't know Purdy was a baseball. guy.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I'm gonna say this is a guess. Eighty percent of our. What I would say, high end quarterbacks, meaning Division One and so on, played a lot of baseball coming oh, up.
1: Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. All right, tell me about Austin Reed because he seems to be gaining all kind of traction. Yeah, it? it's fun. I
7: mean, we're, we're, we're here. Yeah, we're here. I mean, you guys will be in Indy this time next week. Yeah, I'll yeah. be flying out this time next week. It's here. So um, he's he's ramping up. He's peaking at the right time. He's. I'm excited to watch him run. Actually, he's he's been surprising with with um, with running. Like he's gonna run. He's gonna do everything at the combine. And then he's always been able to throw a football, um, but he's his arm strength has gotten better and he's he's dialed in. Austin is a uh, he. I'm trying to think he, if he's excited. You know, <laughs> like he's not yeah, one of these yeah, that's yeah. just gonna kind of. So he's excited, and I think he's gonna have a great week. He's gonna crush the interview process, and and um, you know, hopefully we can kind of get him on with you guys as well. And you'll see, it's just an energy that very very few people possess.
1: And for people that don't know, Austin Reed was a very good quarterback. It's 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 St. Augustine High. Went to Western Kentucky, had a fantastic career at Western Kentucky. Could have left, had some portal opportunities to go to a bigger schools. He said, "No, nope, I'm. A, this is where I started. Right in my same." Yeah, no, right we talked. That we happened, we right?
7: talked about it just today. He and yeah. I did um, kind of going over combine questions because he, little known fact, he actually signed with Southern Illinois out of high school. Oh, I didn't know that. And he was a Saluki for about four months, right? right. And then he left there and went to West Florida, where he won a national championship, and then went to Western Kentucky, and so. Yeah, he entered the portal like his last year got a ton of of reaction, and uh, but then ultimately said, you know what? It's just better for me if I stay in the same offense, and, and the Helton brothers are phenomenal offensive bonds. So, it worked out for him, and, and he is a great testament to. He didn't play until his senior year in college or in high school.
1: I didn't know that. The only
7: year that he started, he played one year of high school football and was six A player of the year. I'll be done. Yeah, not how's that? Like that's yeah, not bad, yeah. right? But but I think these days, a lot of parents would have moved their kids. Uh, to his parents' credit, they stayed there. They trusted the process, and now it's he's going to play on Sundays.
2: Do you see a, an NFL team maybe with a surprise quarterback need? Could there be a team that addresses it with a fairly significant investment?
7: Yeah, with- I mean, I, I don't know who it would be, but I think there definitely will be. I, don't, I think nowadays it's more about the contracts that they hold than it is what their true thought of the quarterback is. So, I mean, I don't know what does Arizona truly think about Kyler and, you know, just things like that and without knowing their cap situation. But yeah, I, it seems like there's a lot of teams that are are in business this year. It, it, it's very uh, active this year. So I, we'll get a better idea. You ask me that in two weeks and I'll have a really good idea. Right.
1: So take us through your trip next week. Obviously, Hayes and me and I will be at the uh, combine. We'll be there Tuesday through really Friday. So, uh what what is your what is your 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 goals there? What do you do there? I obviously spent you got a bunch of guys that'll be there, but how's the whole thing work?
7: Yeah, we uh me and Will and Tom all kind of split up duties. Tom is busy, busy with the guys and, and, and Will as well. Largely I'm there um kind of checking in. We got free agents, we've got all that kind of stuff and it's just a great place for somebody to be. So it's like a I'll, convention, isn't it? It is. It is. You just get a lot of information going into free agency for guys and, and so you have to be there and and uh and I work very little with with Austin that week or with our guys that week. I'm kind of just there cheering them on at that point and yeah. then I work at night. But it's it's a uh it's it's a it's a grind. It's a I get there Tuesday at least Sunday morning and, and it'll be very little sleep because that's just the way it is, but it is a blast. do you moments. go to dinner with your guys? Yeah, do you go to uh, dinner we, with agents? Do you agents mostly teams agents that we try to meet with the agents that um, have guys that we're interested in working with next year, right? And so we'll okay. Oh, we'll well, that him.
1: explains. So, so you you'll go to dinner with an agent. Agent's got quarterback X, right? Who plays for team Y, right? And he may say, "Listen, you know, he's a backup now, but he may blah blah blah. Or he's a starter now, but we'd like to put we'd like to send him to you for two months, right? Oh, right. Okay. Yep.
7: So we'll we'll work that. And then I got, I think once a day I'm meeting with other quarterback trainers around the country. It's a great time to just kind of educate yourself on what everybody's doing. Huh. And then mo- mostly teams at night of, of uh, you know, let's go grab a drink and they'll pepper me with questions and I'll pepper them with questions on their intentions. Teams
1: of, asking you about your guys. Yeah, yep, yeah,
7: yep. Yeah. And so it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's uh, You find yourself in a lot of cool rooms. It's, you, you pinch yourself. But it's, it's a fast week, but it's become one of my favorite ones.
2: One of the things at the Combine that's always a challenge for quarterbacks is when they're throwing to receivers that obviously yeah. they're not used to. What's the best piece of advice you can give a quarterback in terms of those drills? Uh, and, and, you Because know, obviously the anticipation kind of goes out the window to some extent because you still know the Yeah, the I mean, the, the,
7: the best thing you can do is, is keep your pace. So if you're throwing, if your pace is a certain thing on a 15-yard out or a 10-yard out, then that's what it is. And hopefully it matches up. These are all hopefully professional guys, right? So I hope that the receivers, and they for the most part do, they run where they're supposed to run. The little speed difference isn't that big. They can track that with their eyes, um, and they can notice that. So it's not that big of a deal. Vertically, it's a little challenging, right, because at that point you're taking this long drop, and really what they're wanting you to do is air it out, but at the same time you want to complete the pass, right? So when you start to get to those posts, those bigger post corners, uh, things like that, that's where it gets a little challenging. But everything inside of 20 yards, you, you just you stay true with your feet and your eyes can pretty much track it.
1: Do you like what they do at the combine? And, is, uh, it, is it overkill?
7: Yeah, the whole thing's overkill. And I'm in the business. I make yeah. money from it. But yeah. the whole thing is overkill. At this point, we have enough metrics to measure these guys without, you know, needing to train two months for a day, especially for quarterbacks. So we, we largely train these two months to get better. Um, with an emphasis on little things like starts for a forty-yard dash, which is so silly. Like, I mean, it's just not necessary for quarterbacks. And a lot of the routes they run even aren't, you know, really that um, that common anymore. So I think it needs a revamp. But it's a big industry, and so like like any other big industry, it's going to take a little while. Will you recommend to your clients to not do the S two
2: or not do cognitive oh, heck testing? Oh
7: no, 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 no. I love S two. I, I I think the uh, I think the S two test is a is a great test i've taken it i've had it i've actually had it in my house for a while at some point like i I love what they try to accomplish with that i love what it measures how it tracks things like that The, the thing about you you have to be ready to take that test and you have to want to take that test right and so if you're not in a good state if you're not rested and ready to go then you're going to struggle on it because it's there's a lot of reactionary elements to it. What right. is it? It's, it's, it? It tracks. Describe it. It tracks things like your your impulse control or your ability to track multiple things. How many objects can you track at one thing at one time? If I show you something early in the test and show it to you again later in the test, are you going to recognize that There's a lot of of true traits in there. It's not an IQ test or anything like that. We've made it. Everybody else has made it like a pass or fail, but it's not at all. Um, at all and it's been largely I think uh, largely accurate I mean obviously with the CJ thing but he has publicly said I think that he really wasn't even trying to take it and you have to be locked in to to take it I've seen people walk out of that test and their eyes are crossed I mean it's 45 minutes of of pretty intense that's how long it takes are you surprised that some agencies are advising
2: their clients to just tell teams respectively we're not doing it Uh,
7: nothing surprises me anymore I don't I don't think I would ever do that. Um, I mean, it's – I don't know. I, I, I probably don't know enough to be fair about it, but I, I don't really understand. If the argument is that the test results are being leaked, then that that should never happen. And yeah. I, I, I don't know how that happened. That's a fair argument. But as far as learning what's your guide – because we use it to teach. Like, I, I started teaching Gardner better or working better with Gardner – when I dug into his S2 scores and I saw how he learns and, and the way that he picks up information. So I feel like I would want to know that. If I'm an agent, I feel like I would want to know how my guy best responds to coaching, teaching, learning, whatever
1: it is. And if I was a general manager, I would want to know. Yeah. No doubt. But that's really, I'll tell you what, that's really interesting because no test, not the Wonderlick, not any of them, got more bad pub than that did when Stroud did badly on it and became one of the best rookie quarterbacks of all time. Yeah. You know I mean? I mean, that that's the – you you can't – that doesn't mean they're right, Denny. You'd have a better idea than we would, but you can't possibly get any worse publicity than that test got for that reason. No, and, and nothing's going to be 100% right, but I, th- I think part of your job as a
7: general manager or as a scout is you take every piece of information that you have and then you draw your own conclusion. And I think if you're going to talk about Stroud – you and I, I'm not going to talk about it because a lot of this is HIPAA protected, and I don't yeah. know this for a fact, but they've been pretty spot on with a lot of other guys. I mean, their right. success rate has been good, and, and and it's being used to teach baseball and football yeah. and in corporate America and everything else. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's probably just a, uh, a short-lived media ploy,
1: yeah. personally. I, I gotta, I'll got. i say this. The problem, and this is my opinion, the problem with it is when you hear test – you think smarter, dumb. You do, yeah. And if a kid does badly, well, he must not be very smart. We saw C.J. Stroud play enough times to know how smart he is. But, but the rap on him was that he wasn't because of that damn test. So, so you would know better than I. And I appreciate your honest, candid comments about it. But you can see why some people would think it made a kid look bad. You know? I get it. You know, no,
7: I get it. We've we have been in some level. Will was actually very active with S two in helping um, develop the football side of things. But we've been familiar with and working with S2 for I don't know four or five years now. And okay. so I, I've seen the way this thing's just kind of played I get it. out. And I get
1: I, it. it it's the test and the problem.
7: Yeah. I, I just I'll put it that way and I I just think you need
1: all the information you can get. Interesting. So we'll take a break one more segment with Denny. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
0: The Frangie Show live from the Hastings injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. I
5: think it's two
0: It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941.
1: One more segment with Denny here as we all get set to go to the combine next week. We'll drag you in there at the combine as well. Oh, yeah. Um, Update me on some of your guys that are out there. Gardner, Minshew, any updates?
7: no he we uh when i get back from the combine i'll start with him yeah in naples he's he's not coming to jacksonville this year i wish he was yeah uh but you know everybody's kind of in this funny enough i mean college football is getting ready to start spring practice yeah so we've we've got a couple guys that start spring ball here in the next two weeks um which is wild yeah yeah i mean that's so carson and all those guys are, are gearing up for that stuff and Nowadays, it's like you, that thing, you just get through that, Yeah, you know, when you're a starter and, and you try to come out of that thing healthy and then you, you really use that time after that to, to find your gains or your improvements. So, we're locked into uh, Combine getting ready for that. But all the college guys are doing great. Um, guys are circling back around, starting to circle Give me some of around. your college
1: guys. Carson, we know about. Give me some of
7: your uh, – Yeah, we've got, you know, Holden and Peyton both in a competition with each other, which is always fun at, yeah. at Auburn. Okay. Um, and then – They're uh, both your guys. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, that's that'll be fun. And then, um, man, you, you put me on the spot. We, we were just talking about this. We I do not know you had Peyton's like, Yeah, we're like at like 30. And then, of course, Cam and, and Judd at Miami now. yeah. Both yeah. of those are at Miami and – so it's fun that we're now getting spots. Tallahassee, we've got several guys in there now. And, yeah. and, and so it's we're able to just go and chill. Will Rogers at Washington. I can't wait to see what he does this yeah. year. So, uh, so he, he
1: went there, then was going to leave, then didn't leave. What's the whole story there?
7: Yeah, he went there. Uh, and then Coach obviously right, left. Right. And then he went back in the portal to just kind of see. And, uh, and then ultimately decided he just liked it up there. He liked the new staff. And so yeah. decided he wanted to stay. Yeah. Do you foresee there being – a lot of movement
2: post spring practice at the quarterback position around the nation.
7: I do, I do. I think uh, there's a lot of guys who almost hopped in the portal that didn't really have time. They didn't feel like they, they felt like they were going to be rushed, right? And that's that December portal is tough, um, especially if you're on a winning team, because basically you go in the portal, they're on Christmas break, and then classes start in two weeks. So you have to make a quick decision. So if guys are uncomfortable with that, they'll see what their situation is in the spring, especially with coaching changes. And then I, I do think that you'll have quite a few guys hit the portal come um, April or May.
1: Update on Anthony Richardson. What's he, where is he? What's he doing? How is he?
7: Uh, he's great. He threw last week. He's he, here, right? Yeah, he, he is. Um, he threw last week just a little bit. A couple throws here and there, like 40 throws a day. Looks great. Physically looks great. Is in a great spot mentally, working hard, ready to go. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's excited. In terms of
2: what the Colts could do, Uh, around him. They've got a ton of cap space. They do. Now they've got, you know, they'll have to make a decision on Pittman. And I don't know how much of a bond he and and Anthony. They're close. Yeah. yeah.
7: Very close. And and everybody we've, we work with that whole room, Sam Ellinger, we work with and Gardner obviously was there last year. And and that organization right now has got a lot of synergy, very good locker room. They all enjoy being around each other. So I'm going to assume they're going to try to keep as much as that as, as they possibly can. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely one on the rise. We've talked about the AFC South. Uh, It's going to be a fun division, especially if the Titans have figured it out. Like, if if they figured it out at quarterback, you've got probably the most competitive division for the next decade ahead of you.
1: Interesting stuff. All right, now tell people, uh, because obviously the Gators are playing Ospreys right now. Gator fans are listening to this. What do you expect from D.J. Lagway? What do you know about him what do you know? His trainers, tell, tell me about. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I know DJ. He's, he, he you know came him? down.
7: Yeah, he came down last year and and hung out with us a little bit when okay, Anthony so you, was doing his training. Anthony okay. was recruited him very hard. He did. Yeah, Anthony was a, 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 I feel like a big reason. I I don't know know okay. For him to go there, so I got to know him. Great kid. The dad's an awesome guy. Obviously, very very talented. I think there's um, there's a huge engine in there that he's largely gotten by with it. Now he is starting to learn kind of the, the the biomechanics, not from us, but from other people. And you can see it in his throw. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, the, his ceiling is astronomically high. He can do things that very few people can do. It's just, can you build that offense around him? Can you play into those skill sets? Um, he's, a, he's a mobile guy. He's a playmaker. And, and you just don't want to put him into a fixed system too much. Yeah. You want him to have discipline, but you want him to make those plays that, He's allowed, or he can, he's capable of making.
1: Is he the guy, Denny, and maybe you don't know, maybe you don't, haven't been around him enough, but is he what they said, the special ones have something special about them? He feels that way. Yeah, it yeah. feels, I don't know, to your point, I, don't, I haven't been around him enough, but
7: yeah. he certainly has a quiet confidence around him. It's, yeah. You know, the good ones seem like they don't really need to brag. They don't need to That's walk right. a certain That's way. Right. You can just kind of tell they're quiet and they're respectful and, and they're humble, and he's got all of that in spades. Uh, he's... He's definitely one of those – I hate to say this, but he's definitely one of those like asset to the community team yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, But in this case, he's also really good. Usually those guys, that's the – that's oh, yeah, but he's really good for the program. No, he's good for the program, and he's a really good football player. He's he's Heisman good if they put the pieces around him. I'll say that. I mean, he's got the skill set for that.
1: I watched tape of him, what was it, about a month ago I told you? Mm-hmm. And I was astounded. Yeah. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but he was better than I thought, Be- better than – watching the tape better than I thought.
7: I, I love when I watch tape. I watch a ton of it. So, when I watch tape and I start to rewind plays, and that's what I do with his. It's like yeah. I kind of watch it like, well, wait, what did he just do? And you find yourself watching it two or three times. And he's very creative, extremely creative, kind of that Mahomes-Richardson yeah. mold of his arm can do whatever he needs it to do.
2: What can Billy Napier do between now and the first day of spring practice to make sure Lagway – Maximizes those 15 practices as best he can.
7: Uh, I, th- I think just it's he's doing it. The, the preparation of learning the language, and you don't need to have a great performance in spring, but we do need to see you starting to understand progressions in the offense and why we're calling what we're calling and what the checks are. So I think that's more the focus in those practices than than maybe flash and arm strength or or even certainly mechanics or anything like that. It's it's truly like can can we start to introduce this offense. At spring, full speed to you, so that in the fall, you have it's not coming blind at you. The guys that early enroll have such an advantage with that because when you walk in there in fall practice, that's a different speed. People are truly competing at that point. So, to have these 15 practices, I think you just want him to get comfortable and get settled.
1: What are your expectations as we get closer and closer to spring now? For uh, DJ Uyangalale. What, what are your expectations? I mean, you know, I don't, is he the no doubt starter? I think so.
7: Yeah. I think so. I, th- I think without a doubt he's I, I just I'm a big fan of the young guy that just went there. The a yeah. guy we work with in Luke Croman Hawk. I think is he's one of the best prospects we've ever you had. You think he's gonna to be him. really good, Yeah, I, like I really good. do. But I don't think he's he's not like that ready. But I, I think yeah. if DJ were to slip up he he'll he'll be there. I think D.J. DJ have a good year largely because I think Norvell is very good at knowing yeah. what to do with the quarterback, and he definitely has some strengths.
2: Do you like uh, the quarterback Ohio State took out of the portal?
7: Howard Is it Howard? Will Howard. Uh, from Kansas, Kansas State. From Kansas State. Yeah, yeah. I've heard nothing but a ama- man. I've never seen him. I don't know that I've ever watched a Kansas State game. So I'm speaking blind here, okay. but I have heard nothing but great things about that kid.
2: Because yeah. yeah. the hype is Ohio State could be, yeah, he, like have the best team they've had in a really long. time. See, I kind of
7: trust Ryan Day too. Like if he goes and gets somebody, uh, I feel like he's got a reason why he went. He could go get it just about anybody he wants to. So that alone almost gives him a little bit of street cred with me.
1: I can tell you, just watching the Kansas, I did watch him from yeah. Kansas State games, and he did look like a guy that if he ever had weapons would be pretty good. Which yep. you know he's going to have now.
7: Yeah, so yeah. Sure. I, I know the guy that he's worked with forever, and he has told me about him forever since yeah. the kid was a freshman in high school. <laughs> right. So it's it's cool to see him kind of come up and, and make his trainer right, at least.
1: All right, You're getting on the plane uh, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. afternoon. Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. afternoon, and Good. I'll be there till Sunday. All right, we'll drag you in around Wednesday or Thursday. Come sit down with Let's us. Let's do it. We'll have some fun. Danny, thanks, buddy. Thank you, guys. Danny Thompson talking quarterbacks and more. Back in a moment, one segment to go, live from UNF. Frank Francie Hayes Carline with you after this.
0: The Frangie Show, live from the Hastings Injury Law Firm Studios on 1010XL. Hit back with Hastings. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941.
1: Right with us, Frank Frangie Hayes Car Lion. Lauren Brooks is uh, back at the world headquarters. She will host Helmet and Heels along with Mia and Taylor. That comes up at the top of the hour. We're here at UNF at Harmon Stadium, where the Ospreys will play host for the Florida Gators very early in the college baseball season. The Gators just 0-1. They were supposed to have a three-game series against St. John. St. John's beat them 9-5 on Friday night. And then Rain knocked out both Saturday and Sunday games, so they only played one time. UNF got in two games, a double header against Delaware, 1-1, lost one. So the Ospreys are 1-1. The Gators are 0-1 as they get set to play here tonight at Harmon Stadium. Hope you're coming by to check out this fantastic baseball game. Also over at uh, JU, JU and Florida State get together. They're both 2-0 and so far. Uh, FSU won twice against Butler. Well, uh, JU won a doubleheader against Cincinnati uh, on uh on Friday. So uh, those games are coming up in just a bit. It'll be interesting, Hayes. Hey, we talked about it before. Two of the better pitchers on these rosters, Liam Peterson, uh, the six-foot-five freshman for Florida, will be the Saturday starter. He's one of the best freshmen in the country. He is the baseball version of DJ Lagway, and he will start for the Gators tonight, which is kind of cool. Normally in a midweek game, you don't see guys of that ilk, but uh, you will tonight because he couldn't throw Saturday because of the rain out. So the rain... Uh, and Tony Rocha, by the way, will pitch for for UNF. Two of their better pitchers will pitch tonight in this ballgame.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a great crowd that's uh, that's come in so far. I, I will say this. I don't see a lot of college baseball teams. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever seen a team bigger well, than Florida. They, uh, I mean,
1: good God. It's well, almost like every guy's 6'5", 240. Yeah, there's two or three things here. Number one, Florida's got a big team. The good teams have that. Here's something else, and I noticed this. I don't know if I said this to you and Lauren or maybe I just said it watching. When I watched the Trinity – it wasn't you because it was was after the show was over. I watched Trinity and Providence last week and the size and muscularity of today's baseball players. They're just big. And this Florida team is really big. It's a big physical team. But you're right, there's a lot of really – Jack Caglione, everyone knows he's 6'5", 240. But you're right, there's about six or seven others just like him.
2: Yeah, he doesn't like – stand out. Yeah. I yeah. mean it's 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 impressive. So we'll see what kind of success that leads to tonight and and, and, and beyond. But uh really yeah. should be a fun matchup. Yeah,
1: it's, we're we're on the third base line. UNF in the past has is the home team has used under Tim Parenton they had the third base dugout. Back in the day they used the first base dugout. And now they're back uh, under Joe Mercadante. They're back to having the first base dugout again like they had back in the day. So Florida's in the third base dugout where we are. So we're kind of very close to this very big Florida team, uh, and you're right about that. It's a, it's a bunch of big guys. And so, but listen, this is the team from from whom an awful lot is expected. I mean, this is a team that is the, you know, they're ranked third in the nation. They were an eyelash from winning the whole thing last year, and they lost some good players. They lost Hurston Waltrip. They lost uh, Wyatt Langford. Um, but they were good. Brandon Sproat. so their two best pitchers and their best hitter were gone. But I mean, they're a really good team, and a lot of those guys are back.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be fun. It's a long season, so, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone's panicking over a 0-1 start. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of an edge Florida plays with tonight and, and how UNF
1: counters that. Yeah, it, it is, uh, and I agree with you. It, it is going to be a lot of fun tonight. All right, so uh, we'll do a little bit of this more tomorrow as the week goes on, but uh, or tomorrow, Florida-Alabama tomorrow night. That is a That is a really interesting game. Because, I mean, I, re- I mean, think about it for a second. This is a – can Alabama win the national championship in basketball? It just doesn't seem like they can. For whatever reason, Alabama's had some good basketball teams. But have they been to a Final Four?
2: Not I that I, I remember. I don't
1: think Tennessee's ever been to one. Yeah. and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I, I I mean, I,
2: again, the SEC basketball history is is, yeah. is basically Kentucky – and who LSU are, had some pockets yeah. here and there. Yeah, you had the Billy Donovan era at Florida. But that's it. that's
1: about it. Yeah, no. I, I mean, mean,
2: Arkansas won a title when they first yeah. got into the league.
1: Auburn went. Auburn went to the Final Four a few years ago. Right. Mississippi State had the one Final Four. I Remember that?
2: Um, Georgia's been to one. Georgia's
1: been to one back in the seventies. Yeah. The uh, the Florida had the, the Donovan years when they were when they were in, and Kruger went to one Final Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just – as I think back –
2: I mean, other than Kentucky, I mean, most SEC teams are not going to have
1: yeah.
2: much of a history. Right. I mean, again, I'd say Florida's Florida's. It's really interesting, and, and we'll get more into this uh, tomorrow. Uh, Denver Parlor tweeted this uh, out, who's the sports information director for men's basketball at Florida. So Florida, I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, but if they do – they will be a lifetime 500 in the I sec. Did that. you see that stat? Yeah. And it will be the first time I believe since like 1936. How about that? That they will have been 500 for their, uh, for lifetime in, in sec. I, again, I will get more into it tomorrow, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, can Alabama win the whole thing? I think they can. I mean, the Sears is unbelievable and, uh, uh, they're just really explosive offensively. So it's, there's not a lot uh, to not like about them. You just wonder if, if a team with size uh, deep into the tournament will give them problems. And
1: I keep wondering, I always say this, I probably shouldn't, but it just, it's just the way it feels to me, that eventually for all these teams, all the it's Florida qualifies, Alabama qualifies, Tennessee qualifies, that I found myself thinking eventually in the tournament a basketball school is going to get them. They're going to lose to Purdue.
5: Mm-hmm. They're
1: going to lose to Arizona. They're, they're, no matter how far you get, you, you, one of these basketball schools, they're going to lose to Kansas. Eventually, you're going to bump into. Now Gonzaga's not as good this year, but the Gonzagas, the Butlers, the Xavier's. You know, do, doesn't it feel that way? It does. Eventually, I mean, eventually one of those basketball schools is going to get you. It's they're going to get you in the in the round of sixteen or the, what, somewhere there along.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't. I I doubt I'll I'll have Alabama going all the way when I fill out my bracket. Uh, but but again, I mean, I again we have still a few weeks left to to evaluate and you know look I I will say this I've moved away from I I don't really care what kind of defense you play Uh, it's to me it's you've got to be able to score Alabama score is better than anybody in the country right now so I mean that is exciting they feel like a team that'll be a lead eight final four somewhere in there win the whole thing I don't know UConn looks so tough right now I, uh, I mean, that's yeah. going to be interesting because they're going uh, to repeat, and they'd be
1: the first since the Gators. There seems to be, to me, a drop off after the handful of great teams, whether that's UConn, Purdue, Kansas, whoever. Don't you sense that? I, I feel like there's a drop off. Now, look, Tennessee's been in that group of great teams the whole time. You yeah, know? I mean, Tennessee's good. Yeah, and very, and, very, very and again, fun.
2: like Houston is is at the top, but you know, you'd like there to be a little bit more of some some established tournament success, uh, you know, so it's, I think it's going to be an unpredictable tournament. Uh, I, I I. do think it could be a year where a two-seed, th- a, two a three-seed wins the whole thing. Um, but you, to me, UConn looks really strong. They just obliterated Marquette. They've got a big game tonight. I think they're at Creighton tonight. Uh, so uh, if you're looking for something to watch, and also for Florida fans that are longing for something to watch, uh, again, you need Pitt to keep winning. Pitt's at Wake Forest tonight. That's a 9 o'clock start. If you're bored out of your mind, you might want to check in on that one because, again, if Pitt beats Wake Forest, that's a big win. Uh, it would solidify Pitt in that top 50 to keep it a quad one win for the game. Yeah,
1: isn't isn't Florida up to like 28 in the net?
2: They are. It, Florida doesn't really need to worry about quad ones for getting in. Yeah. It's more for that seating to try and get to the sixth line, possibly even as high as the five. Uh, you know that that's where, you know, Pitt being a quad one win helps. But Florida, Florida to fall out of the tournament would now need to basically right. lose. They'd have to lose both Alabama games. They'd have to lose at South Carolina, and they'd probably have to lose uh, of the two against Vandy and one. They'd have to lose one of those games. Yeah. So they'd they'd have to come in like two and four and probably be do- be one and done in the SEC tournament. Right. To Collapse out of the NCAA yeah, tournament, and it
1: doesn't look like that's who they are.
2: It doesn't seem like it, that's going to happen. It certainly
1: happen. would appear. It, it would appear as though that they're better. I mean, I, I my guess is, look, I don't think they're winning tomorrow night at Alabama. They're not going to win the other five, but they're going to be pretty good down the stretch here. They, yeah. they, they found a bit of a rhythm. With those two guards, boy, it's hard to beat a team with guards. Sure. And, and the later you get in, not just in the tournament, we talk about this in the tournament all the time, but the later you get in the season, man. The harder and harder it is to beat a team with guards. It's just—it's just a really hard thing to do. So we'll see what happens as they, as they get down the stretch here. Uh, Doing remind you, we're at the Florida UNF baseball game. Also, JU and FSU get together tonight too. It's a shame they're kind of both the same night, but they are. But the boy, the crowd's already starting to fill up here. Uh, Sheila Parenton, the uh, the widow of uh, Tim Parenton, TP, as we all knew him, the wonderful UNF baseball coach who lost his battle with, with cancer. He, uh, she will throw out the first pitch. A lot of members from. T.P.'s family are here. He's from New Orleans. So a lot of the folks are here from New Orleans. It'll be a special night here. So, and it's, a, it's cold, but it's a beautiful day. There's not a, there had not been a cloud in the sky all day long. So if you get a chance you want to see some cool baseball uh, in a special night, uh, have a chance to get over here. You getting fired up about the Combine? You ready for the Combine? I am. I'm How looking I am?
2: forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be uh, a whole lot of fun. That To me, it's, the prospects are great, and, and we get to see a, a portion of that. Because it's so staggered out. So, I mean, the combine goes into like, Sunday. So, uh, you know, we're there for for a portion of it. But the the best thing, in my opinion, that we're there for is you get to hear from all the head coaches, all the general managers, for the most part. I'd say, you know, there's like a 90% participation. So not only do we get to hear from Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, but you're going to get to hear from the brain trust in Indianapolis and Houston and Tennessee and and again, and, and just and, and the Chiefs and and all the nuggets that you can glean, uh, you know, from it. It's just it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, the information that you come back from uh, and again, you just they're just all lined up at a podium. You just literally walk down and uh, One after it, the other. It, it, it is incredible the amount of content that uh, the Combine produces. Who will the buzz be about? Still
1: Caleb Williams and Drake May? Will I, Drake May, will there be buzz about Drake May or no?
2: Some. To me, again, it's it's always interesting how the process works. Like, It seems like coming into it, Jaden Daniels has sort of been the hot name and McCarthy's been hot. And the the old, the, kind of the, the guys that have been established for a while, Caleb and, and Drake, have sort of been pushed back. But then the Combine is usually when – those old guys kind of uh, go back to to being in front. So my guess is Caleb Williams, Drake May will be big storylines. And, uh, and we'll see what they end up doing. But, you know, if they participate fully, I can't imagine they're not going to dazzle people. So will they
1: throw? Will they throw?
2: I would think. It seems like the trend is now that, you know, more people are. So, I mean, hopefully. I don't know that either camp has come out and said exactly what they're going to. Participate in, but I, uh, you know, I, obviously the quarterbacks will always be a big storyline. But you'll start to get a feel. There's, there's always such a buzz about the combine, particularly when you get to like Wednesday, Thursday, and all these executives have been in Indy for a few days, and there's been talk, and uh, you know, what's going to happen with Justin Fields? Like, you're going to start to get much more of a sense of that coming out of the combine, not only because the Bears are obviously going to talk. Uh, at the podium but also just what's the uh, I will say this the stuff that you hear at the combine the back channel stuff in my opinion is about 75% true most of the stuff that yeah, you hear at I the agree. combine it's right. sort of like the, the chatter tends to most often be correct
1: I can't uh, think of a better person to ask about Justin Fields than my friend Taylor Dahl yeah.
7: now the two minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash
1: careers. Equal opportunity employer. All right, Taylor's getting close. Trade him or it keep is. him. What are we doing? What are we doing?
8: I, yeah, and uh, from everything I've heard, the Bears truly have not made a decision on it yet, and the Combine is a big part of their decision. Uh, one thing that we've learned this last couple years with Ryan Poles is he really is a, a big guy when it comes to the type of person they are. And so the interviews for him are huge. Uh, last season, everyone got that kind of thought the Bears were crazy for not taking Jalen Carter when he was sitting. Uh, he would, they had the chance to take him with that ninth pick. And he didn't. And Ryan Poles was very vocal about he just that personality side, the off the field side was really important to him. So I do think the interviews and and them really talking to some of these guys are going to make that final decision but it does seem like they're leaning towards it's just time to let Justin get kind of a fresh start and yeah. uh, the Bears hit that reset button that quarterback again
1: and I, and I, I I told you before I thought that wasn't worth heading now I think that it is I just think you can't you can't risk Caleb Williams being great and you don't take it yeah. I, I just I just think that's so silly. I was coming up tonight on the show what are we doing
8: We've got a bunch so uh, franchise tag talks and Calvin Ridley and Josh Allen I, I also recently uh, for my Bears podcast actually went and uh, had an interview with coach DeFilippo which was here obviously back in 2019 won a Super Bowl with Philly was uh, with the Bears a couple years, but he had some interesting comments when we were just talking about uh, quarterbacks in general and how they've been able to, which ones work and which ones haven't worked and how you develop them correctly and which ones really make it and can have long careers. And so I have a couple clips that I want to play from that that are relative to kind of even here in Jacksonville when it comes to Trevor Lawrence and what we are expecting this next year or two, especially with contract talks. So we'll get into that. We also have Miranda joining us from the Players' Championship as we get closer To that so a bunch of stuff but I, I do also Frank I want to say I'm pretty jealous of you guys for about a week straight you've been at baseball right. fields
1: yeah you, you know what we, <laughs> yesterday was our only day away we were kind of you know what we were bummed out yesterday for crying out loud you're exactly right so uh, uh, Taylor have fun tonight we appreciate that all right thank you uh, all right that'll do it for our show I will tell you that uh, a very special moment out here uh, Sheila Parenton the uh, widow of the great Tim Parenton is about to throw out the first pitch that is really special. A lot of TPs, uh, family is out there. They're showing a, a tribute to him on the big screen. Uh, what a great way to kick off uh, uh, this uh, UNF in Florida uh, baseball game. It's a special moment, so we'll say goodbye to you. Helmets and Heels comes up right now. This is 1010XL and 92.5.